Attention! Scum! You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you... Anybody uh, that you have of, uh, on your staff that could uh, relate to him, maybe understand him, help him out with some of these problems? Well, the funny thing is that the person that he's the closest to is the one he dislikes the most. <laughs> well, sure. That's you, Mildred. Well, gentlemen, in my opinion, if we send him back to Pendleton or we send him up to Disturbed, it's just one more way of passing on our problem to somebody else. You know, we don't like to do that. So I'd like to keep him on the ward. I think we can help him.
round two at Bopper. Our buddies, this is the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris Tanley, I hear the opening. Please tell me nothing's happened to Keith, R- Keith Richards. Keith's okay. Okay. And all the stones? As far as I know, yes. Even, uh, you know, some of the French guys? Oh, they're better than ever. You know, because I, whenever I recognize a song, I get a little nervous. That's the second song this week. You're doing it on purpose. All right, 866 Ron Zero Fez, 866 Ron Zero Fez. Ah, that's the big word. Pick up your telephone, 866 Ron Zero Fez, 866 Ron Zero Fez. Fezzy Lou, what's your Ichiban today? What do you think's happening out there? I think it's the family in Peoria that lost their kids for a month because they took photos to be developed at a Walmart that showed the kids in a bathtub. This story comes around about once a month now. You can no longer take a picture of your kids in a bathtub. Yes, all of us have pictures of ourselves in a bathtub. But we live in a post-CNN world. MSNBC, Fox, they fear kid touchers. So anybody... um, And by the way, what are you still doing getting your fucking pictures developed? Like it's 1974. Davey Mac, what's your Ichiban today? Uh, Port Authority in New York City was shut down because of a suspicious package that they say Lock it up. a bomb scare. Mm-hmm. I happened to be on the bus uh, trying to get into Port Authority when it was shut down. They would not let us into Port Authority, but kept us... A block away, trapped in the bus, because bus violations prohibit them from letting us go on the street. How much extra time? (laughs) Uh, It was actually uh, 45 minutes. So you're basically, for the first time in history, a bus is circling the airport. (laughs) It's the same bit as if you're in a plane and they won't let you out. It's like speed, essentially. Um. But it was slow. It, it was if they, they did a new one called Stop. Uh, I went home past the UN yesterday, and it's a fucking madhouse in this city. Uh, there's all kinds of protests because the UN is in session. And then big Barack Obama is in town, so that makes the security even harsher. And there, and there, I saw literally an army of cops. Just in the same way of, like, you see those World War II movies and there's armies lined up. Mm-hmm. There's just armies of cops waiting to see if one of the riot, uh, one of the protests turns into a riot <laughs> so they can go running in and hit people with sticks. Yeah. There, there was about a dozen cops in front of this building when I got here today. Like, for the show of force, just to, you know, show everyone Saturday Night Live is protected at Rockefeller Center. Yeah, uh, it's, you know... Ever since 9-11, it's always nervous times. Everybody's nervous. But I don't think that most of those uh, esteemed world leaders are going to make their way to the Port Authority where they can travel on shitty buses that, like, Dave McDonald travels on. Uh, I think Port... I don't know why... I would say no to that, but then I see Barack Obama doing a comedy guest spot (laughs) on Letterman last night. Did any of you guys check it out? Yeah, I watched The President. Uh, Weirdly enough, he killed... As a show business personality, 
he's pretty strong. Uh, then he got the health care, and I felt like he lost the audience. But when he was out there telling funny uh, stories about his kids and talking about odd-shaped potatoes, he had them. He had them in the palm of his hand. He's got a very Seinfeld thing going on where he doesn't work the crowd too hard. He lets the crowd come to him. Very dry. I thought he was really good in it. Again, but what good does that do you? You're the president of the United States. Do you really have to fucking be good at show business? He's working on his likability factor. That embarrasses me. <laughs> I, as, a, as an American, the way we are running things right now, where your likability factor is so much more important than your ability to get things done, it just stuns me. And I, I'm watching, and, you know, Letterman and Paul have the president on, but you don't see any kind of fear slash respect in their eyes. It's just another good show business guest. A big one. They've got themselves a Tom Cruise on the show tonight. They know they're going to win the ratings. They feel, you know, yeah. like, hey, this is the time for us to turn it on. But you don't see that awe that one would expect with the President of the United States coming out. Well, he was so laid back. It was almost like he was ready to put his feet up on Dave's desk. But that's what he's selling. That's what he's selling to us, that everything is good, everything is fun. And like Dave said, like me. Not like me, but for something I've done, like me because I'm likable. And this is what reality stars fucking push. You know, I want to be a star based on just my personality. Be the fucking president. And I'm sure Earl has Twittered that, you know, Obama killed and Bush would have been... I really can't get caught up in that. I just find it fucking depressing. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Always looking for the... Ichiban. The Ichiban. Uh, last night was the big Monday night football. For the 34th time in his career, Peyton Manning has uh, taken the... Uh, played like shit for four fucking quarters, and then drove down and won the game against Miami. Did you watch this game, David? Yes, I did. thought it was a great game. Uh, I was very upset for the Dolphins because I, I like Pet Chad Pankton, and uh, I thought they just blew it. Because uh, he th almost threw four yards? <laughs> I, I just like his style. I, well, what, what, what's the style you like? Handing off? <laughs> he's an underdog. <laughs> he's an underdog. Yeah, he should be an underdog. The man doesn't have an arm. Two minutes fucking, two minute drill. 80 yards to go, and they're running off tackle. That was shit, but the one throw that he had in the two-minute drill where the receiver had both hands on the ball in the end zone was a legit throw, and the guy dropped it. Um, Ronnie. Uh, let me say this. The guy could have made a circus catch. The guy, If the guy would have made the catch, GFL. we're all sitting around talking about it, but you don't give credit to that fucking pass. The, uh, the, the guy had to get up in the air just to get his fingers on it. Now, should he have taken it down? In a circus catch, yes, he should have. Well, if you're going to be a playmaker, and and at this point, the bar of receivers is now you have to be a playmaker. Why are you asking so much more of the receivers than you are of the fucking quarterback? <laughs> because the that was not a, it was not a great fucking pass. Uh, also, uh, Chucky is settling into his role now. Now I don't know what did you you guys watch the the pregame uh, show. Well, I'm sure you didn't, Fez. Well, what else was on last night? 
Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else was on it uh, uh, during the pregame. The, uh, the point there w- was this. Uh, Chucky says, uh, starts talking about Peyton Manning. I call him the sheriff because wherever he goes, he lays the law down. I'm like, well, that's a stupid force fucking move. Start watching the game. And the sheriff does it again. <laughs> then suddenly the play-by-play guy, the sheriff dropping back. Uh, stop. How long has Manning been in the league? You can't suddenly pin a fucking nickname on a guy who's been in the league that long. Right. It was the very, sheriff. Very WWE where they're trying to change his gimmick up. Uh, I think but, Gruden's done decent analysis, but the forcing of, in the three-man booth, how the two analysts or color commentators have to Siskel and Ebert each other is now getting boring to me. Uh, you almost have to tune out, but I will agree with you. Uh, and I predict, predicted this on the show, Fezzi. Chucky would do fucking okay for himself yeah, in the doing. booth. And I'm not comparing him to what good versus bad uh-huh. is. I'm comparing him to every other fucking show. Every other game that's out there. And the guy for having only two games in, two regular season games, they might have a fucking tough time getting him back on the sidelines. I think he's uh, he's really trying to be Dandy Don Meredith in the uh, booth. Well, again, you're showing your age because it's not a bad idea to lift from somebody from fucking 35 years ago, 40 years ago well, now. Wasn't Danny Don more of like a cowboy type guy? Well, Danny Don did not fucking pay attention to the game. But uh, I think Gruden does know the game and has, like, a pretty decent personality to get it across. And and I'm only comparing him to everybody else who's in the booth, which 99% of them are shite. Yeah, I mean, well, 99% of them do the John Madden impression. Yeah, and I'm really sick of that. Oh, I like a big guy. I like a big guy. Oh, I know he ate a big lunch. Look what he's eating. Look at what this fan's eating. Right. Popcorn, shrimp. (laughs) Well, Gruden goes into screaming that very first touchdown, that first play. He's screaming already, and he's went, enthusiastic. And went and went singing into one of the breaks, into one of the commercial breaks. <laughs> uh, you know, now you sound like a program director. I'm I'm <laughs> sure that he can improve. Again, he's only done it two fucking uh, two fucking times, and it's not bad. It's definitely uh, not bad. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on a fez. Morning, boys. Yeah. Fez, you're a fag. Ron, you're awesome. All right, um, I'm just I'm going to fucking hang up on you. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Don't get me fucking started today. I'm sitting here trying to have a nice fucking day. Don't get me started. Don't make me fucking suddenly be white knight for Watley. Uh, Tom, in New Jersey, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Rod, so last night I'm staying at my girlfriend's house when it suddenly discovered that her favorite TV show is having its premiere last night. So while you guys were being manly and watching football, I got to watch Dancing with the Stars. Now, among the normal cast of C and list celebrities, the former House Majority Leader, Tom DeLay, would openly talk about cringe radio. If you wanted to see cringe television, you needed to see Tom DeLay dancing with the stars last night. The guy looks like a kid toucher. He was the gayest person on a show that's completely gay already. Not that there's anything wrong with that, says, but it was the most, even the judges cringe, not just about his dancing, but to see the former House Majority Leader, who should probably be in jail anyway, 
shaking his ass and badly dancing. It was just the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen on television. And again, we'll go back to the Tom DeLay thing, because at one time he was one of the more, well, he was the most powerful person in the house and probably one of the most powerful people in the country. Uh, lost his gig. But this thing about, am I still famous? Will people know who I am? What do I have to do? And goes out and does this fucking stupid dancing show just to get himself in front of America. At, at some point, we are now in a situation where if you are not recognizable, and I'm not even going to use the word famous, because to me, you should have to do something to be fucking famous. But just recognizable as you walk down the street, if you don't have that, life isn't worth living to people. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris, you're on the Ron Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ron. Hey, do you think that, uh, you know, I've noticed there's not as many, um, like, pro football nicknames as there used to be. What happened to the nickname in sports? I mean, it used to define players, and now it seems like it's fallen by the wayside. All right, well, we brought up uh, when Gruden trying to ha and Monday Night Football tried to uh, put the handle on. As far as the nicknames go, I think it comes a lot better if it comes from the players. You know, if the players give a guy a nickname, that's a fucking nickname. But when guys in the booth try to come up with nicknames, it's fucking ridiculous. And then it, be, then it is the WWE, where the suits are deciding what the angles are going to be. And it's just like a Chris Berman thing, who gives people nicknames and expects us all to remember a Have them. any of his nicknames ever caught on? No. Does anybody fucking I mean, ever do I, his... I, the only one I ever liked was Burt Be Home By Eleven. Right, but does any of the other players call him that? <laughs> no. You know, is he known that way? <laughs> hey, Be Home By! <laughs> Come here! Oh, boy, Be Home By... <laughs> Back out here, making it happen again. The only one uh, I can think of even right now is Ocho Cinco. Well, that was his, not the the fucking um, the booth donut to him. Right. And uh, if mean, anything, that's almost like Ocho Asshole. It's just yeah. a fucking ridiculous thing. You see him do the Lambo leap? Yeah, I did see that. That was kind of funny because he found the only two Bengals fans in uh, Lambeau Field. He probably even planted them there. I was watching that uh, on PTI, and Wilbon said, try that in Philly. And it <laughs> made me oddly proud to know they would have just yanked him into the fucking stands, never to be seen again. Yeah, not even a real Lambeau leap. It would have been like if the Morlocks grabbed somebody. <laughs> if you're not jumping into Packers fans' arms, it's not a Lambeau leap. And by the way, do you think any of his friends call him Ocho Cinco? No. Do you I'm, think here comes Ocho? He might as well call himself He Hate Me. It's the same thing. That was the best, though, because it didn't even fucking make sense. People hated on him because he was so <laughs> but good. who's he? Tell us uh, exactly. <laughs> Just one guy. Well, then the man hates me. <laughs> or they hate me. Not he hate me. That just seems like so, some fucking... Uh, Ex-gay boyfriend has a problem with him. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Coming up Thursday night is uh, the big uh, live show that we're putting on. And uh, trying to pull everything together. Now, we're doing the Ron and Fez family feud. Uh, we've heard from Whackbag. We've heard uh, from, of course, RonFez.net. 
They're the two established ones. They're up and ready to go. We're waiting on, of course, uh, 202 Friends Twitter is going to be uh, taking people today. Uh, they're going to put up a, a link to say who wants to join. Now, Pal Talk for their team, I gave it to Frenchie. Frenchie comes back with, now I want to do old school. Me and Bobby Pantera got talking. We want to do old school. I talked to Frenchie yesterday. Bobby Pantera bailed on me. I'm having a lot. I'm like, it should not be trouble, honey. All you wanted to do is grab five people from Pal Talk. But the old school. So I get, I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens on there. But I'm going to give Frenchie till today. And then we're going to pick the Pal Talk team. Okay. Maybe uh, she can combine. It could be old Pal Talkers. How, about, how far back does that go? How far do you got to go? Um... So we will uh, check on that uh, a little later on today. But I also want to give out the uh, winner last night from 202 Friends who won the signed Ron and Fez T-shirt and uh, the first one in history that Scotty Too Hottie will find himself on. And uh, by the way, there's also a picture of the Oprah uh, cracker on 202 Friends. But I want to give out the, uh, the winner's name. And, of course, the uh, Close But No Cigar. Uh, close to No Cigar, uh, Nicholas, Flung F- Flex, Fung Flex. And uh, this was a shocker, and he's on the job. Our old pal, Just John. Just John, seconds behind oh. the winner, who was uh, Domenic- Domenico Assa. Domenico Assa was the big winner. That's why you got to pay attention to the two two friends, uh, because they've been uh, working in conjunction with the show, because the game shows keep going on, even though the show has stopped. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez, eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Jimmy in Virginia. Hey Ron and Fez, long time yeah. listener. Talk, talking about old football players, I got an itchy bond for you. What do you got? Herschel Walker, 47, the fight in MMA next year. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit yesterday, and the point was this. If he's too old to play football, doesn't it look ragged that he's now uh, in MMA? Uh, Dave, you think this is a publicity stunt, or is there something going to come out of this? I think it's a publicity stunt on the part of MMA. They're going to fucking get some guy to hammer poor Herschel Walker. He's not even coming off of football. He's coming off of Celebrity Apprentice right now. So he's How way did he do it? it. Uh, he did pretty well, actually. He was like, uh, nice. what? Did top he go three, Final Four? Top three or four. And what's that get you? Nothing. Jack shit. Mm. But he did win a couple challenges, and all of those challenges, the money goes right to his charity. Is that uh, show off the air now, the Donald Trump uh, get-together? No, I think um, it'll be back this uh, spring. The, the Celebrity Apprentice does pretty well. And they don't, uh, they're only in the spring now? The last two have been. I mean, the they used two. to do twice a year, right? Yeah, I think it starts like in January, like mm. along the like same time as Idol. But they've stopped the... Uh, you could work for Donald Trump. Oh, that's, just, right. They haven't done that in two out. years. And yeah. they just give money to celebrities now. <laughs> yeah. So how's an apprentice? <laughs> uh, yeah, they really haven't figured the, the Why don't the they wording. just call it the Celebrity Raise Money Show? <laughs> that would be a better title, I guess, more accurate. Joan Rivers should have to go to work for Trump for a while for winning that thing. One of his many lovely casinos <laughs> where she could do her stand-up. <laughs> she was sensational. 
866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Dan in Florida. Hey, Fezzy, uh, going back to Chris Berman, you never uh, called Martine Grammatica Automatica? How freaking awful is that? Um, probably, that may have been one of Berman's that kind of stuck. I think a lot of people try, at least the announcers, other announcers did tried to go with it. Did you call him Automatica? Uh, I called him Automatica. Yeah, so then it, did, it worked for him. <laughs> oh, so no. that was when I did not know that came from Berman. Neither did I. Yeah. But they did used to call him Automatica. There's no doubt about it. And the funny thing was, he wasn't. Uh, well, he was Automatica within inside like 30 yards. But 36 yards... And Lord knows what was going to happen with that little man. One celebratory groin pull, and he was pretty much done in the NFL. He Is that what ruined it for him? Yeah, he could. He jumped up and down, pulled his groin, and well, really... wasn't that his gimmick? Oh yeah, his big over the top now, jump when, into everyone's arm celebration. When he pulled his groin, were children watching? Because that's disgusting. <laughs> it that was... is disgusting. Never came back from it. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez eight six six. Ron Zero Fez. Uh, we, of course, did the Ron and Fez Fantasy uh, Football poll this uh, week, uh, week two. Uh, we had to hold it till last night because uh, that was a tough game. And if if Manning would have had a better game, Hell's Buckets would be 2-0 and right now. But they dropped uh, a close one to the Wolfpack. Um, who's Trashad's hard commandos? I believe that's Mooch now. Mooch is now Trasad's Hard Commandos. Uh, beat Franklin's Brooklyn Pitts, 137-73. That's a crush. Uh, Newfoundland Ritz over Team Watley. There's a shocker. Did not expect that. Uh, the Newfoundland Ritz, of course, is uh, Chris Stanley. Uh, Team Douglas, they're tough. Destroyed Dave, 131-66. Wolfpack edged out... Uh, the Hell's Bucket Purple uh, Lightning, ninety three, eighty two. That was our big game of the week. Yeah, that, that was our big game of the week. That it really came down to the wire. And then uh, my uh, Twin Oaks Killer Bees uh, beat Scruffy Stills Overdrive, one hundred five, twenty seven, in something that around the league they're calling suspect. Well, twenty seven points is impossible. That's as low as anyone can go. Yeah, how? I mean, it's basically like getting a 400 in your SATs just for signing your name. It's now, an attendance award. You here, showed up. Uh, here's what, you know, I had 105, so let's face it. You would have won I would have probably won most of the games out there. Yeah. But for some reason, Scruffy's team, and something that's got people uh, talking right now, seems like they laid down for me. Well, it just sounds like, you know, he might have black soxed it a little bit. It just seems like he might have, you know, fucking... Oh, you seem like he, like he's losing his competitive urge there? I, it just looks a little fishy to me, you know? I mean, when the actual Chicago White Sox, you know, they, they called in Christy Mathewson. Yeah. God bless his soul. He's really dead. So I guess I'll have to be Christy Mathewson. Maybe I'll even snoop around a little snoop bit. Snoop around. Look into it. <laughs> because I And make know. sure this kid's playing on the up and up. I know one thing. Uh, it seemed like there was an abundance of Detroit Lions on his Wait team. Wait a second. All right, that's a huge red flag. And as he dropped people from his bench, I know for a fact they were went, they went in and swept them up. All of his players were swept up. I wish he would have dropped that fucking Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 like, to, I like to have my hands on that. Why did I not think of that? 
I am stuck with a shitty fucking team. You're yeah. not stuck. You make moves. I'm going to try. You're I'm gonna 0 2 right now. I'm going to try. But uh, I feel like as well, soon most as. Th- there's only two players 0 2, two players 2 0, and the rest of us mm-hmm. are packed in at 1 1. So it's a tight league. I feel like as soon as I give up Brady, boom, he takes off like a rocket. That's my fear. That's your, that's your big problem. You put everything in your Brady bucket. Yeah. You pick uh, Moss, too? Uh, no, I have. Uh, I don't have good running backs. My my main guy, Marion Barber, I took out of the game just on moral purposes. I'm not going to have him rush against the Giants for 150 yards. And See, no, you're <laughs> never going to make it as a fantasy guy. I can't do it. You no. can't make it as a fantasy guy. <laughs> I know. I can't, I'm not. I can't do now, that. Now I uh, d- have long despised the fantasy football, and then last night. I'm only play- paying attention to Wolfpack versus <laughs> Hell's Buckets. I could have given a shit, and I'm laughing my ass off because, you know, I'm watching uh, Kathleen fucking screaming, and she's emailing me, I can't believe this asshole, fucking Peyton Manning, while the announcers are praising Peyton Manning as the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that was a miraculous game. I, but but it, it really it comes down to this, and I tried to explain this to Watley, who used to claim that he was a football fan, uh, which we've now this year found out that he wasn't. Did you watch Monday Night Football last night? I kind of went back and forth between that and the Monday Night Raw, the wrestling. Oh, Why? My God! Just to see what was going on on wrestling. But you're missing a live sporting event. When you could easily take the taped fucking wrestling and watch it at any time. It's also they also replays on the Universal Channel too, so you could always watch it there. Isn't that the one in Spanish? No, there, there's a, there's two different ones. Uh, where were we on this? Well, you were trying to explain to him, you know, the rules of of football and fantasy football. Makes oh no, football there. itself. Yeah. The point is this: the really good QBs win the close game. And that's how they get fucking 12 wins instead of 9 wins. And that's how they go to fucking playoffs. That the blowouts just don't fucking happen. That the Super Bowl winning team uh, will have four or five fucking games a year that they could have and should have lost. But they find a way to win. And that's what the fucking Colts did last night. So all this time people get excited. Hey, we're getting better. We almost beat the Colts. No. That means that you're not good. <laughs> that means that you don't fucking have it together. And Roethlisberger lined it up so his team should have fucking won hmm. last week. And the guy misses a fucking chip shot. Uh, Bears go down. They get a fucking chip shot. That's the difference between a 500 fucking team and a team that's going into the playoffs that has a chance to win it all. There's no moral victories on the professional level. You cannot have that. Maybe in college, but... In college, you expect to have the 52 to nothing games. Right, and if, like, Navy comes within three points of being, like, Notre Dame or USC, you you go, okay, that was a great game for Navy. But not in the college. It's a great game for them because they don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it really doesn't change their life one way or another. Right. It changes Peyton Manning's life. It changes Tom Brady's life. And again, Tom Brady getting off to a slow start. Won a game he shouldn't have won. He's five hundred instead of fucking zero and two. It's a big fucking difference. And if not for Eli, Brady would have four Super Bowls right now, including a perfect season. 
I mean, you have to give. People forget that Brady marched the team down. Yeah. Got them a fucking amazing touchdown. And we said this is over. Yeah, it was We all said this is over. It was vintage Brady. It's just that Eli topped him that day. And only at, you know, but first of all, he shouldn't have even been in that position. Uh, but And I know he was already fucking hurt by then. Brady did not look like Brady in that Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Uh, but these guys, they find a way to win the fucking close ones. That's the only thing that comes to pro football. That's why it's a totally different game than that college game, which is, quite frankly, you expect to go 11-0 and and then find yourself, or 10-1, or and, and then find yourself in one of the bowl games. And that's how your season goes. Well, and, and just on a similar thing, I think that's why Tiger is a much better you know, dominator in his sport than Federer. Because Tiger just crushes opponents when he wins his championships. Whereas Federer wins a lot of close things. So you could say they're both great, but then you look at Tiger's greatness. And it, he's the rare commodity that beats people by eight shots. Well, that's been a while, dude. You're fucking, you, you're, you know, I'm talking to 2003, Eastside Dave, right now. I'm not talking to the to the guy today. All right, we're going to take a break here. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, we'll be back talking about the future. The future. And I want to get into this uh, Robert Henson thing on Twitter. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez, XM202. Serious 197. I'm home. All the time. We finally really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you all the hell! Yeah, it's the Ron Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Coming up, uh, more details about the Thursday night show that we're doing with Guinness. And, of course, to you, Brother Joe, and to you. Uh, the Redskins linebacker, Robert Henson, uh, is pissed at the fans uh, jeering at the Skins. He tweeted this. All you fake half-hearted Skins fans can, I won't go there, but I dislike you very strongly. Don't come to FedEx to boo, dimwits. The question is, who who are you to say you know what's best for the team? You work 9 to 5 at McDonald's. Uh, uh, Davey Mack, the Twittering thing seems to be a big problem in the NFL. And uh, ESPN, of course, furious with this guy. Apparently not even a starter for the Skins. Does he have a right to put this stuff on his tweets? I actually, believe it or not, think he does because he's speaking his mind. The fans are speaking their minds. That's where people are doing their their, – that's where people are speaking right now. Fezzi, what's the problem with this? Because he is speaking for himself, not the team. He's part of an organization. The Washington Redskins have press conferences that they line up. There is a way of doing things, not calling people dimwits. All right, let's suppose that he gets the fucking press conference. Uh-huh. Is he allowed to say this then? Um, I, you know, if he wants to say it, he's stupid to say it, but I have the feeling he wouldn't say it if there was a TV camera in front of his face. But what is the problem with him saying it? What does it hurt? 
Because it's what it does is it alienates people. He's attacking people who work in fast food restaurants that have nothing to do with who is so booing the, him. The, the big problem was fast food restaurants. Yeah, Don't the attack. McDonald's thing. All right, so if you take out the last line, it's fine what he said. Um, I, I still don't think it's fine because it's just going to lead to more trouble. I, here's what I don't understand. Why do they ever even have the fake fucking press conferences? They bore me. It's the one thing that I'm getting a kick out of what Coach Ryan is doing with the Jets is letting the guys uh, say what's on their mind. And this whole thing of, oh, they're going to put that up in their locker room. You're a fucking professional. You really need somebody to get you up for a game? Because if that happens now, you're not a fucking um, professional. They're antiquated. Press conferences and all these things, and even talking to the press in, in, in a non-conference setting is just its old school. Guys are twittering. This is the way it's going to be. Journalists have to go follow You know, people. I hate to say it, but they've actually had a fucking smart move there. That, this, that the world has changed. And doesn't this make the NFL look old-fashioned? I don't think it does. I mean, it, it, this looks like someone who's drunk at his computer going off. Do you honestly don't think the guys talk this way about the fans? No, I think they do. Then but... what's wrong with a little honesty? What's wrong if we're going to follow this sport and you're going to have ESPN all the time, you're going to have fucking sports radio in every market, it's written up in every newspaper, What's wrong with having the truth out there, the way the guys really feel? And then boo them if you want to. Here's uh, Dan in Florida. Dan, you're on my face. Yeah. After uh, Sunday night's Dallas game when they lost, Terrell Owens posted on his Twitter that it looks like Dallas had a TR problem, not a TO problem. Does that one bother you, Fez? That doesn't bother me. That's going after another player. But he's looking backwards. If he was on your team, wouldn't your advice to him be, would you please pay attention to the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> but it's fun. It's good, you know. And and what journalists have to realize is they might as well not even speak to to athletes. Follow their Facebooks. I and and no time do I ever sit there and watch the fucking press conferences because you get that. Uh, I'm just happy for the ball club. Ball club. We're giving 100. percent We all believe in this. It's a lie. It's an absolute fucking lie. It's like if a general said to a private, how you doing, son? <laughs> He's never going to give his real opinion. Brian in New York, you're on Fez. Hey, this guy hasn't even played it down yet. Um, you know, if you get a line like this coming from a veteran, it's one thing, but someone so who's the veteran uh, be okay there pouring with, water? Yeah. Will the veteran be okay with everybody else that's not? I think so. It would be like an intern speaking for the Ron and Fez show. But that's different. That's kind of um, like a football hierarchy. That 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 doesn't have, like pertain. I don't think to Twitter itself. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm. Uh, I I'll agree with both of your statements. That yeah, the guy could take shit because he's not in the fucking game. But what is the problem with the guys speaking their mind? All the time, all the places these guys go, they put fucking microphones in their faces and there's cameras in their faces. As soon as they say what's on their mind. The press immediately comes back with, this guy needs to shut his pie hole. You fucking don't want the truth. Um, here is uh, Bob, Bob in West Virginia. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm fine, buddy. How are you yeah. doing? Good. Uh, listen, I was at FedEx Field Sunday, uh, and I have to be honest with you, I was not doing Ronnie uh, because I, <laughs> you know, you pay so 
and the sorry ass spectacle that he's made the Redskins. Yeah. Hanson's got the right to say whatever the fuck he wants to say. I support him. So do I. Snyder is probably the most hated owner out there right now, right? Uh, what he is, he's Jerry Jones light. Mm-hmm. And as a lifelong Redskins fan, I have more respect for Jerry Jones than I do for Dan Snyder. Wow, that's bold. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Joe, Joe and PA, you're on Fez. Hey, don't run, Fez. Um, I have a problem with this guy saying what he said because I pay for my season tickets. And a fan has a right to boo the team if they want to. And, for, and second of all, he's, he's a practice squad player. He has no right to say anything. All right, so you have the right, he does it. Yes. Um, and what if it came from a starting back? Same feeling? or it's just If about it was this... a starting player, no. I would have no problem with it. But he's a practice squad player. He doesn't even play for the team during the, the games. He should not even say anything. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here is Corey. Corey in Tennessee, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Um, I just got something doesn't seem right when you got 230-pound linebackers texting, like, high school girls about someone pissing them off. And, and it just seems so little... Petty. I so don't you, know your, your problem is that the Twittering itself is effeminate. It's, it's, I guess so. It's, that's one way to put it. Or it's just like lack of uh, lack of courage to say it. You know, face like Fez is saying on the camera. Only one of us uh, Twitters here. Fez has, uh, well, this year you tried to post on RonFez.net. You dropped out. You tried to Twitter. You dropped out. Dave has done both. Now, Dave, you have a job where you can express yourself four hours a day. I do. But that doesn't seem to be enough for you. You uh, also need to Twitter. Yeah. Um, I like to make videos and do twit pics and stuff. You're absolutely correct. And you like to just sometime express your opinion, like Red Sox blow, Yankees yeah. rule. Like, you know. But what brings that on? What makes you feel the need to ex- – now, did, by the way, did you tweet anything about – or tweet – about you being stuck on the bus today? No, I should have. Yeah. Now that I think about it, would have been it. a great tweet. But I got a little bit freaked out. But um, I guess what propels me to do it is just to, as you kind of sort of hinted at, but express yourself. Just express expressing yourself. And yes, there's a microphone here. But when I go home, you know, uh, I I can't always express myself in public. I like to do that from time to time. You need you need to constantly express yourself Expression. and have the world know. So everybody, when you get a thought, when you get a feeling, the world needs to know this. They should. It's not enough that it's yours. Right. Form of exhibitionism. Uh, uh, Renee, you're on Ryan Fez. Hey, Ryan Fezzi. Listen, he's an employee. He doesn't say fucking anything unless the organization says he can. It's like Drew Brees uh, saying, hey, fuck you, New Orleans. We don't give a shit about you. You don't say that. You, you. That's something that has to be cleared through the front office, period. If you're a fan, that's another thing. And you know Drew Brees feels that way. <laughs> Drew Brees oh, is sure actually thinking, when can I play for a major market? Now, uh, Renee has brought up an interesting point. It really does come down to these guys are just employees. And that's why it's a waste of time to have the interviews with them. The entire fucking thing to that Super Bowl week where let's all sit down and, and you know, it's press fucking day. That's garbage. They actually have courses for these guys in college, and then they hire people on the side to how to say nothing when interviewed. 
uh, don't let yourself be talking about someone else. You know, if let's suppose Dave was on the other team and they asked me what about Dave McDonald, Dave's a fine player, and then immediately take it back into myself. Don't find myself talking about Dave other than the quick compliment, not overly complimentary, but then going back to, um, but here's what I plan on doing this week. You are just uh, boring the shit out of the rest of us. You, you can't even praise people if you're, uh, I'm like, you can't even praise an opponent. There was a th- this right. thing uh, this past year in the basketball playoffs where Barkley was getting on somebody for um, uh, praising the Lakers, whoever the Lakers were playing. Right. And um, they were like, you know, that's, I mean, they weren't they didn't calling him a pussy, but they were basically insinuating this is a guy who's going to back down to Kobe and the Lakers because he gave too much praise. Mm. So you can't even make that. Well, that's what I was uh, laughing with Gruden where he's uh, saying last night, I've always called him the sheriff, because wherever he goes, he lays the law down. Well, you didn't say it the whole time you were a fucking coach. You never (laughs) said, well, we're playing the sheriff. You know, you kept your fucking mouth shut for all those years you were in uh, Tampa Bay. Um, It's a waste of time. Any kind of sports analysis, the... uh, any time that we're, that there's a microphone in somebody's face is a complete waste of time. The first time we've heard Michael Jordan say anything interesting was his Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. So in other words, he had to be out of the league for however many years for him to finally say something interesting. The entire time it was, that was a good game. We're just here to do what we have to do. Every time. And what this is is just basic, slow-moving fucking Show business. It's what show business has become of being fucking milk toast. Uh, we were talking about Obama last night. He's on Letterman. Letterman gets Obama, and let's face it, whether you voted for Obama or not, the the story right now is, is this guy an effective president? That's the fucking story. Oh, we heard about his daughters and how cute they are. We got to see a little picture uh, he had a funny pre-planned joke about being black that Letterman set it up and went with him. It was a waste of time. And yet, Dave's thing is today, likable. He's a very likable man. That's what we try to fucking sell now. Likeability. We want likability in our sports stars, in our movie stars. We don't, we don't want good work anymore. Here's what the problem with the people in the Redskins. They're demanding to win. The Redskins fans are yeah. demanding to win. And if you do good work, but it's kind of under-the-radar work, then you have to go all insane for people just to see you, a la Dennis Rodman, who realized, I'm the best rebounder in the league, mm-hmm. but no one's going to pay me the money unless I paint my hair and start acting like a freak. And if you're a player, and I'm sure this was always somewhat fucking true in professional sports. But if you are a player right now in the NFL, you are beyond expendable. And the Cowboys know this with their new stadium. The, oh, you can stand in the bar as the guys run through with smoke like they were fucking titty dancers. You got girls dancing, a giant screen. Because in their minds, in the NFL, they think... The game is not enough. The game is not fucking entertaining enough. <laughs> and if that is a reflection on their own audience, on their own fans. They don't think that they can keep you 
fucking happy without bells and whistles. Well, the problem is it's all you have to do is win some games. I, You know, fans will get excited over a couple of victories. They will start, we, you know, we talk about like Redskins fans. Bills Not necessarily. Fans. You've never been to the city of Philadelphia. The city of Philadelphia will turn on you in a heartbeat. <laughs> you act as if the fans are all of one mind across the country. And if you go to places like Philadelphia, Boston, Chicago, old sports towns, mm-hmm. they still like sports. But when you go to the newer towns, like your town, Tampa, you need a pirate ship. <laughs> You need a fucking pirate ship. <laughs> Sounds crazy. You know, to keep people happy. And Dallas, if I was the people in Dallas, I'd go, do we need this fucking stadium? I wonder, yeah. Man, it's how fucking much... embarrassing. The Diamondbacks have a, a water slide. And it's the same way with the guys dancing or fucking, what are you dancing for? Oh, it fires the fans up. Really? A touchdown doesn't fire the fans up? But a funny dance and a spin of the ball does. It's fucking Chuck E. Cheese time. That's why I still hang on to baseball for that reason. The the instant we start seeing guys making a, a, a moonwalk on a double play, I'm out. You still have stuffed animals out there. And there's still the kissing camera. And a monkey. You know what? I think that they really fucked up baseball uh, the time that they got rid of the old scoreboards and they started to have the electronic scoreboards. When they used to just have guys put it up in the outfield. Well, Fenway still has that. To me, that's saying, watch the fucking game. Stop looking around to see what the other games are. Stop looking. Just pay t- The whole thing of the instant replay. Pay attention to this game, motherfucker. Yeah. You're out. You bought a ticket. Watch it. Baseball's biggest problem has always been to try and compete with the NFL when it's a totally different sport and they should carve their own genre. Whenever I've been to a game and I see a guy with a fucking uh, thing in his ear so he can listen to the fucking game while he's watching, I know he has no idea what's happening on the field. (laughs) I know he needs to be told how to uh, uh, feel. Tony in Brooklyn, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, isn't this just a reflection of society today and how we all have to be coddled with features and benefits that don't mean a goddamn thing? I mean, buying a TV today, it's like, oh, it's 1080i, 1080p, 120, 240, it looks great. You know what I mean? Enough is enough. Just Uh, become a society of ninnies. Well, it really really is like taking kids to the circus. Dave and Philly, you're on Ronnie Fez. Yeah, Ron, you just hit the fucking nail on the head. I gave up on the NFL officially about three years ago, but it started with the Hank Williams Jr. Are you ready for some football? Bullshit. I hate that shit. I've always hated it. It's fucking, uh, you know, they're playing down to the fucking NASCAR fans. It's just the dumbing down of uh, sports in America. You just, just heard, all I, the na- heard all the NASCAR fans. But why did America ever let a different stupid song come on every week? <laughs> Pittsburgh's coming with Rosberg and Duke. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You know the Stop one... <laughs> fucking doing a weird out party. The one thing they won't update at a stadium for the fans' entertainment is that soundtrack that they play during kickoffs. And, and why is that? Um, I guess because it would be too expensive. They've made a deal for that fucking classic rock thing. Hmm. It's only about money. You hear the same fucking songs no matter where you go. And again... Why do they do that in radio? Why will radio uh, have the same fucking sounders coming back? 
Um, tried and true? No, because they don't respect the people listening. They think you're so fucking stupid that at 8.20 you want to hear a coffee jingle every day. They market this, and, and quite frankly, maybe they're right. Maybe a, a huge majority of the people are fucking sleepwalking, and they have to hear the fucking 7-Eleven coffee and trivia break every single day. They don't want a different show every day. Mm. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Brian in NYC. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Listen, I think the big problem is that people's attention spans have become so short that you need all of these bells and whistles at the games just to keep people interested. It, 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 all the sports just move too slow for modern society. I mean, you even go back, you look at old movies. You watch an old movie and you just sit there and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is moving so slow. You watch movies and TV now. Every, every shot is no more than three, five seconds. Like, they, they cut, 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 cut. And that's what's going on at all these games. Where they always bragged about the MTV-ness. All right, even go back and, and look at the pregame shows. Of the amount of shit that's on the screen while these guys are talking and behind them. So there's, you know, the scrolls going by and little explosions because the American people can't, I guess, sit there and talk about a game as if it's a fun thing. And now they're doing stuff like, it's time for come on, man. What's your come on, man, today? And it'll be like, uh, Buffalo giving up two touchdowns at the end of the game? Come on, man. Come on, man. What's, come on, man. Come on, man. And it goes on. And I'm like, I'm fucking sitting there. And my jaw has dropped because you now need a catchphrase for a fucking sports pregame thing. We should do our own segment. He's fucking paralyzed. <laughs> he goes up the middle. You've been paralyzed. It's um, stupid. Here's John in San Jose. John. I, I can put up with the dancing robot on the screen, but yeah. what I cannot stand is who let the dogs out. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and go to a fucking thing. If you don't st- go to a game, if you don't start barking along, the other fans act like you've let the team down. <laughs> and you're like, shut the fuck up. Why don't you bark? I'm not letting these fucking guys down. Come on, man. Stop barking. There's a, a new one, too. That's a, everybody clap your hands. And you hear this in every, you hear this in hockey rinks, tennis, ba- baseball, basketball, everywhere. Uh, the terrible towels is always an embarrassment to me. It doesn't belong to every team. Every team doesn't need to wag fucking towels. I got embarrassed when I saw Philadelphia doing at the fucking Phillies game uh, last year. Stop that shit. Um, here is uh, Brad. Brad in Houston. Hey, how you doing there, fellas? Yeah. Um, don't y'all think the NFL and everything, baseball, basketball, the reason they do this is because they want to cater to families. If that's, they want to cater to your children. They, you know, I, I'm a huge national fan. Minute Maid Park, we got a park. We got a, 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 a you know, photo shop for the wife to go walk around and buy stuff. It's like a big mall in a football game instead of it just being a football game. When I was younger and went to the old Astro, the old Astrodome in Houston, guys were cussing and getting spiked in the stadium. Now you can't even say a cuss word without people looking at you. I mean, I was watching my Texans get beat up by a Jets last week. 
the interesting thing is they'll tell you, oh, it's a family ballpark. It's a family ballpark. Go back and watch the original days of fucking this, um, of sports in America. Go back and look at some of those uh, other people who were at the Babe Ruth fucking games. These were guys in suits smoking fucking cigars. They didn't bring their chick to a game. They didn't bring their kids to a game. You know why? The chicks and kids don't even want to be at a fucking game. You remember when you went to a fucking game with your dad, you kept asking him if you could buy a big foam number one, and he's like this. You know what? You're a fucking girl. <laughs> if you want a big foam number one, you're a fucking girl. The idiot guy is the one who fucking trains his kid to do that. Another thing I've got a gigantic problem with, let's all dress like the team. What is this, freshman year fucking pep rally? Why would I be fucking sitting wearing somebody's jersey? What am I, his girlfriend sitting at the fucking stands? I'm fucking serious about that. Yeah. It looks like you got a fucking crush on this guy. Uh, Andrew, in Toronto, you're on a fez. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave was saying a while back that he hangs on to baseball because it doesn't have the fanfare, but how long has that guy in Milwaukee been sliding into the keg of beer when a home run's been hit? I'm not yeah, a, always been I ain't no Brewers fan either. Yeah, but what about Chief Nakahoma? You always used to be happy <laughs> to see him come out and do a fucking dance. Uh, listen, I mean, you know, uh, the old Brooklyn Dodgers had the symphony band. You know, the, every team has always had gimmicks, but it's about, you know, not having all these fucking lasers like it's a Pink Floyd show. And not making it the same thing in every fucking right. single stadium. Well, they all do that uh, seventh inning stretch when the grounds crew come out. Uh, YMCA. That's in every baseball field now. And it's an embarrassment. Yeah, even the... I thought the Yankee Stadium started that. Who cares? Seriously. If they started it, they're idiots. <laughs> um, here is uh, Mark in New York. You're on Hey, buddies. Uh, what gets me is just that the NFL seems to be trying to market to the women. So every time you turn around, you see how cute Tony Romo is, how adorable Tom Brady is. And on the NFL Network... They put these little things on with the coaches. You know, they say a little something about football. And they, they do it with, you know, they, they accent their eyes and they put a little color in their eyes. And it, it, it's trying to make, I guess, attract the women to the game. A lot of women are watching the game, but I, the women that watch the game because someone's fucking cute aren't really fans. I'm not talking about the women who are, are, are fucking fans of the sport. There are some. But people are just fucking watching because someone has a cute ass. Shut the Fucking go and look at porn. If that's your fight, you're going to enjoy porn then. This isn't the place for you. Cigars and Scotch. He's hey, playing on the whack bag team. Team whack bag. My problem with the statement is when was the last time a guy working in McDonald's could afford just like, you know, NFL season tickets or something? It's been like 25, 30 years. Is your uh, radio on some kind of lag that we don't know about? <laughs> uh, you're going back a ways to. <laughs> The guy I'm, uh, was. I'm old school. Maybe Frank was going to me. It was actually Benson Fezzi from the old fucking oh. 70s TV show. Uh, Benson gave one of his smart remarks. Uh, you're right. And not only that, I don't know how guys making six figures are comfortable sitting down and spending, you know, $10,000 on four fucking tickets mm. for a season. It's insane. It's fucking insane. And the reason, and that's part of the reason why they do all the shit. Because the game itself is not enough for you. You should have an experience. It's it's overkill. Um, let's go over here to uh, uh, Rich in Chicago. Rich, you're on my face. 
Hey, Ron. Uh, you know, the bottom line, we bitch, we fuss, we complain about all this, but we still, like you just said, go to the games. We sell them out across the board. You know, some are small markets, but these larger markets, we sell them out in every sport, and that's, you know, that's Well, why. oddly, this is a year, this is one of the weaker years for the NFL in terms of ticket sales, uh, and they're starting to um, black out uh, local games uh, to make people show up. But they haven't come up with any kind of rule where they'll sell those tickets cheaper mm -hmm. to the people who want to go. Uh, if you're a regular guy, you can't take your kids to a fucking football game. There's still seats that you can get in baseball. But football, forget about it. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. You're man. never going to just... take your kids to a game, Dave. Not to a football game. Any game. They're all monsters. You won't even take them to a minor league ball game. You know why? <laughs> why? You'd rather sit at home and be drunk. <laughs> no, I'll take them to a game. You, I would drink and, do. you drink and drive with those kids? No, I don't dr drink and drive with those kids. Do you drink then drive? Absolutely not. Uh, I consider that different. Uh, to me, drinking and driving uh -huh. is only if you've got an open container in the car. If you're really drunk and get in the car, that's a totally different situation. Really? Yeah. I think every cop out there would agree. Drinking and driving and drunk driving means that you have a, a, a beer oh. in your car. So drinking, then driving That's fine. is fine. Okay, well, I didn't know that. I mean, maybe that'll change my mind on things. I Plus, don't know. I know you're a natural athlete. You can pull it off. I am. I actually always felt, too, that I would be a really good race car driver. Well, that's not true. I got an old VW van up to 103 miles an hour on the New Jersey Parkway. 103 miles an hour. Too bad What's that's that? not what they race. The, the top thing. Old van, they don't do old van racing? <laughs> no, they don't do. Uh... With flowers in the back? <laughs> it was a stick shift. It was like a good old sweet pickles type bus. I've never heard you brag about your driving skills before. Yeah. I've, I've always. I, I'm a great driver. A great driver. You want to get a fucking cannonball run thing across the country? Honestly, that is like a, a kind of a dream of mine. fucking siren uh, shout out or whatever? <laughs> I never can remember the uh, fucking name of this, Gruden. What's the name of it? The Siren Series. Well, the. Uh, there it is. First question. Yeah. Who was, and you each have to have your cowbell, who was the, no, this is not it, but this is, there will be the next Siren shout-out. What's it called? Siren Series. Siren Series will be announced today. Uh, Fez, um... Speaking of which, you've been challenged by Pat from Monarchy to an eating contest. Really? Yeah, he'd like to do it uh, Thursday night. I would I would be willing to take on. I mean, he's from the Competitive Eating League. I yeah. would take on a pro. We we have to keep it at a, at a time limit, though. Okay, right. Yeah. And you have to think of something really funny and fun to eat. And I'm going to give you an hour with that. Okay. Uh, an hour. They come up with what you would like to do. Dave, how are you with the eating? I used to be good, but uh, I'm not good anymore. Ever, ever since that White Castle challenge. Did you win that or lose that? I won that. I won that. But um, I just don't have the same stomach. I think uh, or my son's acid reflux has gone into me. Mm. Maybe I gave it to him. Boy, there's a lot to think about now all of a sudden. Fez, are you just acting like this is the first time you've heard this idea? Since Pat says he's asked you quite a few times. Well, I mean, I am willing to accept the challenge. I'm excited about the challenge. 
Is Fez flip-flopping lately? No, but it was just curious. He didn't answer your question directly. He doesn't. There's a flip-flopping thing with Fez. And, Hicks, you said you've even been catching on to it, and you've got some proof, right? Yeah. What was your proof? Uh, That Fez uh, would uh, do something to baby Hitler. Oh, yeah. This is what the – we got an email about this, uh, and they're really concerned because we're doing giant baby Hitler. Mm Mm-hmm. And there is a concern from some of the listeners, and apparently they're twittering this, that Fez is going to kill himself that night. Really? You may see Fez kill himself because this is a statement Fez has made in the past about himself. Would you kill baby Hitler now if you had the chance, Fez? Yes, I would have to. Baby killer. Unbelievable. So there you have it. He's dressing up as baby Hitler and killing himself. Thursday night. I am not going to kill myself. Do you mind if I try to get some people to show up? Fez is going <laughs> to kill himself on air Thursday night. Wow. That's the best stunt uh, ever. Speaking of which, the place is already sold out. And make sure, uh, if you haven't got your response from XM, let us know at ronafezadaol.com. Because when I say XM, I mean serious. We're just getting used to working with these guys. I'll put it that way. I know True the X and always. I know that we wanted to do the X Mus this year. Xmas. Mm-hmm. Very Xmas. Yeah, with the big XM logo. It's being you know, that's we are the conquered people, so we have to learn to get along. Yeah. I mean it's uh it's a little depressing, that's for sure. I don't know. Well, only a little for you, Fezzy, that's good. That's good if it's only a little. The French thrived under Germany. <laughs> That's true. So we can try to be like the French. Yeah. But there's there's been offer. You know, the serious people come to me and they say, "What can we do for you?" I throw concerns out there. I throw worries that I have out there, and it's just met with indifference. It's it's, uh, it's what can we do to help? Oh, please don't ask uh, for any help. Because that's the answer I get back. They say, please don't ask for any help? That's, they might as well be saying that, Ron, because I take things to people, and then it's like, oh, don't worry about that. Well, here's the thing. I am worried about some things, and that's why I have taken them to these people. It's serious. And then it's just, it's just dismissal at that point. It's you, no help. You have a trouble getting along with management. Yes, I am. I feel like I'm expressing myself. I feel like I'm saying, but you know. it's the Hitler mustache. You know, they hated here. They wouldn't let you near uh, anybody. Oh, I know that, yeah. So I guess there's, a, you know, a Hitler prejudice or a mustache prejudice towards me. But you would think people could get past that and work for the better good and help out. You know, don't just don't say you're going to, you know, you, you need some help if, the, you know, if it's not a real offer. Do you even know what he's talking about, Dave? Not particularly, but it doesn't sound good. I'll say that much. It sounds like these people are jerking Fez around. Then again, I wasn't sure what he was talking about. Can I give you the straight poop here? Sure. They don't like you. You're different. Yeah, but that shouldn't be any reason to not help me. Just, uh, you know, from a personal dislike. Can I give you a little piece of the advice that I've been giving Opie, and he's telling me that it's helping him? Okay, please. Stop, stop caring. When you learn not to care, 
the worries go away. Don't care, eh? Hmm, don't care. Don't give a fuck. There you go, Dave. Oh, pick up those papers. Need those no. papers, Ron? Pick those <laughs> up. I fucking care about There you them. go. You're moving. You're thinking. Oh, now he just thought he could faint. <laughs> I don't know how that? you equate a fainting with not caring. So you're happy, Fez. You're, you're giggling. You're in a good mood. No, it's uh, no. I'm I'm let down is what I am. I don't know what you're let down about. I don't know what it means. But you know what helps me? I don't care. If you're telling me that you're not getting the response that you like from management. Right. right? That's what working in radio is. Do you think that those people care? No, they don't care. They no. got a lot of stations. So if they don't care, the, the deal is to not care. No, they obviously don't. Or they would, you know, try to work with me on some things and help with some things. They don't like you and they don't care what you're doing. Instead of just saying, oh, uh, you know, oh, that shouldn't be a problem. Don't worry about that. That's all I, I mean, and that's, you know, that's helping? I don't think so. I'm giving you the same advice. Don't worry about it. What could possibly go wrong? Everything? So what? It's just radio. It's not even that, uh, it's not even that interesting. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Never got caught up in this stuff. Never cared. Oh, our numbers are... Oh, did you hear about the stock? Ooh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. This stops working out, I'll go do something else. <laughs> That's a good attitude. Uh, you know what? It might seem like uh, I don't give a fuck, and it's because I don't. I really don't. That's well, why I don't want to go to any of their weddings or their fucking kids' bar mitzvahs. None of it matters to me. It's certainly out of your control anyway. It's out of it? your control. Like, you know, it's like a comet that's coming down at the earth. It's like those same people turning around. It's raining so much. I can't fuck. You, you could only get an umbrella or fucking stay home, but you can't fucking act like you're pissed. <laughs> and I see the management is just fucking weather. Sometimes it's sunny. Sometimes it's raining. Could be hot. Could be cold. Whatever they seem to feel, I know they're going to get over it. Because somebody else is going to roll a ball in front of them and they'll go chasing that. You can't get caught up in it. Yeah, but they lure me in with their offers of help, and then there's just there's no backing it up. Uh, James in Maryland, you're on Fez. Fez, this is really important because I think that you're having an epiphany here. If you've listened to Opie and Anthony here recently, they rush to the elevator after the show is over. You need to just let Ron handle it. Not let your knickers get in a knot all the time, and just say, what the F, like they did on that show Risky Business in that great movie years and years ago. Fez, you can do it, buddy. We believe in you. But you just got to say, what the F. It's um, uh, satellite. It's satellite. You are allowed to say fuck. Uh, at a certain point, uh, if what you were doing worked, you would know it by now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. What you're doing doesn't work. But I'm, you're going to meetings with these people. It doesn't work. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just going by what they're saying. Come to me. Come if you have any uh, things that you're concerned about. Come to me. What I'm if, doing what the you know with the plan they laid out. But what if a fucking retard on the street started to fucking tell you he was a magician? The nice thing to do is, yeah, you are. You're a musician. <laughs> no, I I do that with the fucking yes. 
We are expanding. <laughs> it is working out. I talk to them all like they're retarded. The show's going great, and everyone's talking about it. I don't fucking pay any attention when I say to those people. It is great that Oprah's in the building. Uh-huh. We are beating terrestrial. Whatever they fucking, whatever they care about in their little minds. Teasing. It's like talking to your great-grandmother. Things were better in the old days, right? <laughs> Jelly's good. You know, just whatever. Uh, that, well, you don't sit down with, in a meeting with the people and start discussing things and caring. Why I would just, you? I just wish they'd be up front. If it's like, all right, Fez, you're on your own on this. Fine, just say that on the, at the beginning. Fez, you're on your own on this. Well, now I'm hearing it. Have I ever said anything different? Have I ever said we could count on them? No, never. Mm-mm. Can you count on your agent? No. You can't count on any of these fucking people. As soon as they put a tie on, they're done to the world. Just fucking done. Sit around and talk to them. It's like talking to a fucking insurance salesman. Why would you bother? Insurance people are the worst. They're all the worst. Everyone with, a, with that fucking wears a tie to work should fucking string themselves up with it. What about Al Michaels? Especially. That fuck. <laughs> all right. Yes, we know, Al. 1980. <laughs> you came up. It just popped in your head. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> and for that, you should skate the rest of your life? You didn't even fucking do anything. You don't think I could have yelled out, do you believe in miracles? Yes. I could have done it. Um, Al, this is a Chargers-Falcons game. No reason to bring up the miracle thing USSR again. came in. Unbeatable. Yeah. Our boys were college players. Stop caring, Fez. Stop caring. And this thing Thursday night, it's just another show. Um, right now I'm getting uh, a lot of people asking me, can the Twitter team just Twitter their answers? No. You're going to, I know that. Nice try. I know you're a bunch of shut-ins that don't want to go outside, but I'm talking about cold beers. You can have a nice fucking night for yourself. Now, Thursday night is Sir Arthur Guinness Day. It's the 250... 250- Go ahead and read, monkey boy. That's what they want you to do. <laughs> Go ahead and read for the man. It's the 250th anniversary... That's why you do your copy. Dance. ...of Guinness Dance. Beer. Sir Arthur Guinness, he signed his 9,000-year lease at the St. James Gate Brewery 250 years ago. Right, Got- this is St. James. Mm-hmm. What's he the saint of? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably delicious-tasting stouts. Would you bet on it? Would you go 100 bucks? I would go a hundred bucks on that. I know, man. I don't think it's true. Look it up for me, would you, Dave? Mm-hmm. But Guinness Beer, it is September. That is the celebration month, and what they're celebrating with is the Guinness 250th anniversary stout. This is a limited edition stout. So what you want to do? Make sure you get it while the month of September is still going on. Go to your local bar, your store. Ask for the 250th anniversary stout from Guinness. Is this stuff 250 years old? No, it's just a special edition stout for the 250th anniversary. So made fresh? Made fresh, of course, by Guinness. I didn't know that. Now, uh, the 24th will be out at our party, and there's going to be parties all across the country, all across the world. What you want to find... Why don't we do this? Say that the management can't come. Ban the management, Fuzzy. <laughs> Sounds good. But Guinness, go to Guinness.com. <laughs> but Guinness. 
and find out where there's a party going on in your area. Well, we told them where it's going on, with us. There's parties going to be going on all across the country as yeah, part of the 250th celebration. We're going to have the best one come to ours. Guinness beer. Hold on. What's St. James? What's he saying up? The patron saint of Spain and Spanish conquistadors. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Is it? But what did he do to become a saint? I can. Did look he make a uh, frosty brews like Fez said? No, he did not make um, any kind of alcohol. You have to beverage. do something to become a saint. Yeah, you have to have three Normally miracles. you have to be martyred. It's Sir or Arthur Guinness miracles. Day this Thursday. Be part of it. Go to Guinness.com, find the party near you, and make sure you get in on that Guinness 250th Anniversary Stout Limited Edition before it's gone. Guinness is a trademark of Diageo, Guinness USA, Norwalk, Connecticut. Please drink responsibly. Guinness, you got to drink responsible. Boy, this guy led a fantastic life. He's one Fuck of the yeah. original 12 apostles. Um, some people thought he uh, might have even been a brother of Jesus. He was one of the original, like, three disciples. Um, and Fezzik says that he made hops. And, uh, <laughs> and he was executed by sword. Told you, martyred. Making him the first of the apostles to be martyred. Hmm. He's a real kick-ass, fun like saint. you owe me a sweet hundred, Fez. Nothing in there about beer. No, it was, um, he was in Spain. I didn't even know that the apostles went to Spain. You know what I'm thinking? Oops, I'm short. Yes, you are. You're about 5'4". Rob, you're on Fez. Hey, I just wanted to say that eating contest that Fez is doing. I got my on you, Fez. Um, Fez, within uh, 40 minutes, is coming up with what the eating contest is going to be. If this is uh, you, Dave, what would you pick? I think I would pick uh, Twinkies. Interesting. No one's ever done that before. Because that's one reason. Another reason is with the cream and the yellow, big, I, they're funny I worry to look about at. Fez's sugar diabetes, though. Okay, well, then uh, maybe mini hot dogs. I swear to God I was going to say cocktail weenies. Yeah, something Swear like that. to God. That's so fucking weird. You could eat a lot of them, and I think Fez would have a good shot against Pat with the uh, little Well, Pat, thing. doesn't he lose every big cock, uh, hot dog eating contest right. every July 4th? He loses yeah. the big ones. It would be in his psyche. Oh, he's had, I, he's never I had a good tennis. Uh, Pat also has diabetes. This is a diabetic showdown. <laughs> this could be last man standing. <laughs> well, th he'd like to sit because of his toes. Uh, and maybe we'll have uh, Doctor Steve there. Eric, you're running Fez. Hey, what's up, Fez? Yes. Yeah, I just want to wish you good luck in the uh, pros versus Moe's eating competition on Thursday. I would end up being the pro in this. I think. Have you ever done it professionally? I've never done it professionally, no. Um, Pat, of course, is a professional. But let me just say this. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! He answered his own question. No, wouldn't he? Who else is going to answer him? Gr Jay Gruden? <laughs> I know the sheriff does, man. <laughs> ah, so I love football, man. <laughs> got to be able to pull that down, dude. Did anybody uh, get any of the audio of Hulk Hogan sending uh, an angry, uh, leaving an angry phone message? I think TMZ had it. It was up on What Would Tyler Durden Do, too. What would Tyler Durden do? They never say on that website. It would be interesting if we found out. Corporate terrorism? Hmm. Fighting? 
Don't even use that word. Why well, we got so many cops in town? That little what would Tyler Durden uh, do site always has some good stuff. All right, here we go. This is uh, the Hulkster, and I guess he left uh, an angry answering machine message from somebody from a band. What band? Uh, let's see. Uh, why was Lawrence? What? What are you gonna do? Fucking be like that kid in school? So a few <laughs> chase Holfiller from the band Mile After. That's all it takes. Okay, one sec. Yeah, well, I got a second. All Don't right. worry about. It. All right, let's listen. This I guess was left on his service. Hey yo, Chase, you messed with the wrong girl and you messed with the mania. I'm gonna send a couple of hell's angels over there to break your legs. You'll be playing in the band from the wheelchair, brother. You need to back off. So, I guess this was to protect his daughter? In and out. Uh, no, it says um, that uh, this kid, and it looks like Nick, uh, Nick Hogan, had gotten into a fight. Why does Hulkster get involved in any of his kids' stuff? They don't normally do this as an adult man. All right, let's take another listen. Hey, yo, Chase. You messed with the wrong girl and you messed with the mania. I'm going to send a couple of Hell's Angels over there to break your legs. You'll be playing in the band from the wheelchair, brother. You need to back off. Now, unless he's calling his son a girl, it's probably not about Nick. Nick at night, brother. That's my son. And one got bleeped a mania. I guess they didn't want the word Hulk out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Hulkamania. Or is... hopefully he said fuckamania. <laughs> You're messing with fuckamania. Hulkamania is still running wild on somebody. But so lackluster. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly a promo. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to fuck you up. This picture, though, above the voicemail is a picture of him putting suntan lotion on Brooke Hogan, his daughter. Been around for two years, that picture. That's inappropriate. You wouldn't put suntan lotion on that fucking white daughter of yours? No. I would give my wife the uh, suntan lotion. What if she wasn't there? Strangers. You would ask a stranger. I'm not going to put it on her legs. I'll put it on her shoulders and her face. Ask this guy from Mile After. On her little, uh, I don't even get the joke. Well, it's uh, Hulk's mad that uh, he's messing with the girl. Oh, Mile After was the band again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had already forgotten him. <laughs> it took me that fucking long. Seriously. I, com- I completely fucking just spaced there. I actually I'm thought... Like, was, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought you were talking about 8 Mile. Because we were trying to get crazy to come out and do an 8 Mile, but we're having trouble with him. He can't get off work. Um, He's saying he can, but he's going to be uh, a little bit after 6, but he will be there. Not a problem. Yeah, so uh, he says he's definitely in. Um, I've heard from one of our other good friends that uh, they can uh, come in too. So we're what other good friend? Um, no, we're just we're getting a lot of the stars. A lot of our friends are, are showing up. All right. That's boring. <laughs> okay. Well, the stuff that you're excited about, I'm bored. <laughs> well, then uh, stay on him, I guess. One of the things that uh, was funny that I found out they wanted to put the band in this tiny little <laughs> fucking box up real high. And Brother Joe said, no fucking way. <laughs> kind of like on a catwalk it's box. It's really kind of fucking crazy. 
what's going on between Fez and the management. It kind of looked like an indoor Beatles rooftop concert, though. On yeah, that I like thing. that. I like that. I like the idea of that. Get back! <laughs> Get back! Uh, how's the rock band thing going with the Beatles? Oh, I haven't heard. Is it big? Yeah, it is huge. It's is huge. It sold out um, in um, 300 stores across America in four hours when it was released on Tuesday. Now it's one of those games that you have to, you're going to have to wait, you know, a month or so, unless you have a, a lucky store. This uh, Beatles thing, Fezzy, is the second biggest release of any rock band. What was the first? Monster Magnet. Uh, which was kind of surprising. Space Lord Mother Mother. I'm shocked. Uh, Paul in Austin. Hey, buddies. I'll make sure I heard that right. Was Hulk Hogan really threatening a high school band member? It sounded like it. a band in a wheelchair? Come on, that's hysterical. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Nobody. Uh, parties like high school bands. They really, they really like to rock it. Guys with ears tore it up. That was my band. I'm talking about marching bands. Oh. Which, that's probably what you should have been doing with guys with ears. That would have been sweet. We only had four members, though. You know, Hogan can't even say if if this kid pro, uh, progresses on this with the authorities. Hogan can't even say that wasn't me on there. If he progresses with this on the authorities. If he takes it to the authorities. Uh, we're going to break here. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We come back. Fez will tell us how he's going to kill himself as baby Hitler. It's the Ron Fez Show. It's the Ron and Fez Show on XM202, Sirius 197. But check it out. He's going to get a huge settlement out of this, like seven figures. He's getting out of the hospital tomorrow, and he's going to throw a big party this weekend and celebrate. We're all invited. I'm thinking I might take that new chick from logistics. If things go well, I might be showing her my O face. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> and the time I'm It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Pat from Monaki already trash-talking Fez. Here's his Twitter. I'll eat Fez under the table. Wait, that didn't sound too good. I'm throwing my fat into the ring, says Pat from Monaki. <laughs> Fez, can you win this one? Yes, I can win this one. I'm um, already answering back. Go, Pat. I believe in you. Beat the bitch from our own Rob Cross, our uh, oh my part God. of management. I guess he got a little upset about what Fez was saying today. Well, I'm not shocked that he would back someone else. Not someone else, Fezzy. A champion. Pat from Minaki. 
This coming together, I get some shocking news. Shocking news. Spy report. Spy report. The Twitter team that will be uh, picked. The two two friends have uh, contacted me. They're going over people's past Twitters, whoever they think is the best. They do have somebody they want to be their team captain. Team captain from the Twitter team. One time, Ron and Fez.net administrator, Just John. Whoa! Just John. Oh my God! Man. Has said, I want in on the Twitter team. Holy shit! Shocking the world. A face to RonFez.net. Face, 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 face. That was a quintuplet face right there to RonFez.net. It kind of works out for us because we know that he is an organizer, uh, but uh, uh, very surprised. For years and years, when I would think of RonFez.net, I would think of the little guy wearing jean shorts. His name was Just John. Now I can only think of him and Twitter. Yeah. Ronfez.net, ghostland after this. After you, you, after this type of information, oh my God. Gigantic. And I'm telling you what, it's, it shows you where Twitter is at right now. That's all I'm going to say. It's just banging? And, and I'll, yeah. As the kids say, it's banging. I, I, I think it's banging. Hmm. Um, it banging, it's banging good? It's spark plugging. I don't know yeah. if the kids say that, but I feel like that's the way it is going as well. Oh. I am. That's a Kaiser Sose fucking maneuver right there. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. He is Mr. Twitter. And, he does you know, go to the tweet, uh, Twitter parties. .net's got to reevaluate mm. if, if Just John's going to Twitter. So, Fez, you, uh, Fez, you've lost a little trust in the serious team, and you're having our interns send out replies today you're sending me? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm having our intern send out a response to everyone that's on the guest list. Well, all we know is the door is open at 5 o'clock. We're sure of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm staying out of it. Like I like to do with every single thing. Show me where the mic is. I'll come in and talk into it. That's as much as I want to have to do with this. Um, although, I've decided to put my ass on the line. For the next in the Siren series. Whoa! Dave versus Fez, but no questions. This is going to be a best of three gross out contest. Oh, mackerel. Who can entertain the listeners? By pulling off the grossest stunts. Dave versus Fez. That's right, folks. Ronnie B has done it again. Wow. I am going to sit here and watch my two best pals (laughs) just totally disgust each other. Don't ask me how. If you're asking why, I do it out of love for you, the listener. Now, I do have to say this, Dave. Yes. I don't want anything that can get you fired. <laughs> there don't. can't be piss drinking and shit eating. <laughs> okay. 
No pissing, no shitting. Nothing that's against the law to do in public. Okay. As a matter of fact... Nudity would probably be stricken as well. I think nudity would be stricken. Okay. Yes. Okay. But I will have to leave that up to the local governments. Uh, shock raining through right now uh, because... Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Just John is going to be captaining wow. the uh, Twitter team. See, every team needs a captain, Fez, or head of the family. Exactly. So that's when, you know, we do go to that family. What's your answer? You have somebody in control of everyone who's yelling out everything who's going to give us their legitimate, honest, official answer. Mm. You do have to have that. And the person that's, you know, going to coordinate who lines up where in the family. A lot of these oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, a lot of these teams may have a weak link or two to them. So where would you hide the weak link in uh, Family Feud? I would hide the weak link. You, you want to have them at the end of the row. See, I'm going to disagree with that because the end of the row is where it gets down to last answer. So you're, you're done with the obvious answers. Mm -hmm. I think you need a strong person who goes, all right, I came up with, what, 44% of the hmm. people but what would 4% of the people be thinking here? So I would not treat that necessarily as it was the eighth place. I would look at that like in baseball, fourth and fifth hitter, where you want your home run, guys. Mm. Dave, what are you thinking? I think that the third person is actually the pivotal person mm -hmm. because you're closest to the top two. And remember that the, the, the person who starts each lineup changes as well. Uh, Bryce, uh, you're on running Fez. Yes, I'd like to see it your thing this week. Fez and Eastside Dave versus Anthony and Danny in a drinking contest. Winner take all. Um, my problem with that is, again, Ant and Danny started a drinking contest four years ago. And they're <laughs> still, they're still working on it. So, until they figure out who won between the two of them, they can now. I would love to do a drinking contest, but in today's world, that becomes another one of these things. Like I have to constantly worry. You know what I mean? I have to constantly say, "Oh, by the way, you can't do anything illegal." Right. Because if you have a drinking contest these uh, days, they uh, all right. The Twitter world is just the buzz. The Twitter world is just the buzz. Spy report. Spy report. I'm seeing this Twitter comes up. It shows that we're the future, and message boards are the past. I think it's the case. I really do. Especially if a person like Just John, who used to have such high esteem in the message board world, is now representing Twitter. All right, so you've got the, let's go over uh, what we have right now. Whack bag with Arch. He's strong. That's, a, that's strong right there. And he's brought on a shocker, of course, uh, the Z-Man and Norton's Heine, who can legally carry a gun. Uh, then you got RonFez.net. You got Mikey Boy. That's big. Coming out of retirement, a fan favorite. Head of the family. Uh, Any you, winner. You got Twitter. Uh, and again, who are these people? What are they doing? We don't know them that well, but they've got John, just John. They're the X Factors. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, when Pacino left the Sharks to start that new uh, franchise. Yeah. Uh, I forget where it was, like fucking New Mexico or something. something like and who did he take with him? Jamie Foxx. He did. 
These are three strong team captains so far that are very competitive with each other. Well, now let's get into another field, and that's Pal Talk with Frenchie, uh, which has hit a wall. I talked to Frenchie yesterday. If I was to use the word here, it would be confused. Even down to she's trying to figure out train schedules. I don't think we're going to see Frenchie there. Well, if you're going to compare John yeah. um, to Steaming Willie Beeman in any, any given Sunday, I think Frenchie would be Anne Margaret from any given Sunday. Okay. You know, that's Not just, bad. Yeah. Never bad to be compared to Anne Margaret. No. Or even Anne Margrock, <laughs> who I even preferred to Anne Margaret. Right. Smaller waist. Well, yeah. She was a cartoon. And good with kids. She, she babies that pebbles. Okay. Hmm. Sexy. It is a. Uh, this is going to be probably the most serious uh, bar contest that's ever happened in the history of the world. Whoever comes out of this will be able to say they are the rulers of a new technology. A lot of competitions. And I don't know if these, uh, the, the three team captains that we have so far, I don't know if they particularly like each other. This has already uh, come from Angry Missy. I'm going to read a statement right now from her. Just John, more like trader team captain. All right, that's witty. That's a good one from Missy. I wonder where you read that, though. Uh, I got it off Twitter. That's all I'm saying. What are you saying? She's on the .NET team or was supposed to be? Yeah, she was supposed to be, but now but she's twit. You got off the Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That's why I think I'm going to put my stake down and say the Twitter team is going to go all the way. I'm going to put it on. Well, you uh, only know one person so far. <laughs> that's right. Uh, by the way, here's another Twitter uh, from Franklin. I like pink pussy, which I'm ready, to, I'm ready to take his Twitter away. What's he doing? Stop He's being him. dirty. Don't follow He's him. He's trying to prove that everybody's heterosexual. And he says he likes corporate pink pussy. What's, what does he mean by that? I don't know. He almost made me spit out my breakfast. You know, his yeah. film scratched my arm. His film's done too much time on his hands. I don't understand that, though. You don't have anything else to do? I guess not with not, him. Not another project to start writing or whatever? Just to, Seems like that Woody Allen keeps himself busy. <laughs> Just to let his mind go to the dirty thoughts and start tweeting them. Maybe trying to hype up his movie. You know, I still can't get used to the tweeting. I think of bird every time. <laughs> well, it doesn't even sound right, even though it's the correct term. Yeah, it can't. Po it doesn't sound like it could possibly be right. All right, so uh, Fez is now resending out uh, replies to people who put in. You've taken this over. Yeah, I'm just going to make sure everything's done right, since I got to do it all myself anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to make sure that it's done. This is why you could never take a bride. You're too busy taking care of Dad. Dad is just... You know, there's always that last girl who doesn't get to get married? That's Fezzy. <laughs> no, I don't have time for dating. Dad likes his kabasi. It's always some Polish girl. Never keeps up. We'll just have Dad for Christmas again this year. By the way, uh, Dave, I was talking to a Jewish person the other day. Mm. And they said, I'm Russian and... Uh, Polish, and I go, no, you're not. You're just Jewish. Jewish is the ethnic background. You can't go throwing in other countries. Agree or disagree? Uh, I agree with that. Fezzi? I see him as Jew. I would... Because they keep themselves separated no matter what country they're in. Right, but um, I would disagree. I would think you have different kinds of Jews. All right. 
I don't, then apparently you don't mix much with them. But then they always claim, like, well, then, uh, but I'm Jewish and my baby's Jewish. And, you know, I mean, so they can't have it both ways. That's they the can. problem I have with the Jew. You know what I'm just now saying? Fez is trying to get HDG back to fucking take him to some more piano bars since he hasn't made any progress mm. since October. I hate when you play up to them, Fez. You know how it comes across? How? Tacky. You know what I consider you right now? What? The Just John of the Ron and Fez show. Where here's me and Dave saying it's us against them. And you're like, but I'm with them. <laughs> well, then go with them. Have a bagel with a schmear for all I care. Those are good. They're so Jewy, but they're really good. I, know, I love them. I had one the other day. <laughs> I give them credit like for the that. the best thing in the world. Actually, all that food's fantastic. I might leave here and go straight to the Russian tea room. Yeah, one of Casey's cousin's uh, parents died. and that Oh, was... good news. <laughs> Why laugh at that? <laughs> oh, I thought that was good for you. I thought that meant that you moved up further in the family. <laughs> you show your grief in odd ways. Yeah, well, we all do, Fuzzy. I got Not everybody has the same way showing grief. We grieve differently. All right, go ahead. Anyway, it was a couple months ago. What happened? One of Casey's cousin's parents died. Don't do it, man. It's great news. <laughs> Please. All right, I'm not going. Uh, You're laughing so hard. Story's over. No, I want to hear the story. No way. It's got to be a great one. Yeah. It's not. So, um, so the parent died, right. and it was really terrible. Okay, it's, you know, it's not. It was right. I get. Older, I'm with you. It wasn't an old person. Okay, right. it it's was a... cancer and shit. All right, that's awful. <laughs> okay, even that's me. Anyway, so we went, we we go there for the Jew um, wake. They have a different name for it. I never know. I what think it they is. call it homo pants. <laughs> And um, and I was remarking about how good the food was, and I was totally different. I thought it was like an you know kind of like an Irish type right deal. Where, where we have fun. So I was like, oh my god, these little balls of cheese or whatever are great. <laughs> and I looked around, and everyone was deeply grieving. Oh, like deeply fucking like like faces were ashen. Right. And I'm just sitting there eating like, well, the food's great. And it was just two totally different cultures, and I, I, I left and with the entire room despising me because they just was like, what an insensitive prick. But I'm like, and yeah, they don't, the un- they don't understand an Irish wake. I was always trained this way. When you show up, uh, obviously, you think to yourself, when the shit starts, I'm grabbing this chair and swinging it. <laughs> uh, right away, you have to look around like, when the trouble starts, uh, what weapons are handy? Because you can't sit there and act like you're constantly grieving when everyone's going to be drunk and taking out things on each other. For some reason with the Irish Catholics, we like to use the wake, a person's death, to settle scores. Yeah, I agree. But also to to laugh and tell stories. Right. At first, and then the fight starts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Just like um, my dad used to say to me, my brother... If anything starts, I want you guys right there behind me. <laughs> Dad, I'm trying. But it is my grandmother's dead, and I might be a little sad. <laughs> you just keep your eye on your Uncle Ray. I've had it. Yeah, it's exactly the, the way it goes. So it was it was just a weird fucking culture shock. And me leaving this, and I got just, like, dirty looks from about 30 Jews. Well, this is the people that will, you know, tear their shirt if so, they hear someone's dead. Why would you hurt your... See, in our family, we'd tear somebody else's shirt. We don't tear our own shit. 
You, but you would try to rip your fucking cousin's shirt off him. If I was Jewish and someone was, like, really sick, I'd just wear old clothes all the time. If you were Jewish, you'd probably already turn your back on that religion, too. <laughs> you're, you're done with all religion. Yeah. It's all done to you. Yeah, I just, uh, there's, I don't feel anything. You know what you might be able to uh, uh, pray to is ass man God. That's the only religion that you believe in. Don't know if that's a proper religion. If the, if it's at least not organized. So yeah, those people grieve deeply. They don't want to talk about the hors d'oeuvres, Dave. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't even realize that it was totally inappropriate for me to make little comments and jokes and you know try to talk about you know. Hey, hey the smack talk is really starting right now. Uh, Just John is going back at uh, angry uh, Missy. Uh, Mikey Boy is also attacking John. And both of them said, and yet you had to uh, come on to Twitter to talk your smack to me. Very true. And Fred from Brooklyn, I offer myself to Twitter or Pal Talk. Well, that's surprising. <laughs> you got to pick one or the other. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I know you want to, you know, you're a free agent who wouldn't want you, but still. He's yeah. just loyal to who he hates. That's like being on the side of the union and the um, side whoever the union fought against. No. What are you going to do? You know, all we wanted to do is have a nice little party. But now that uh, Casey's cousin's mother died, <laughs> let's have some cheese balls. <laughs> cheese balls. You're so fucking Jersey. Right away, you got to go for cheese balls. <laughs> There's good, good little Jew cheese balls. I don't know. They were different than the all their food's fantastic. The sure one. Uh, all their food is just terrific, and they, there's nothing you can do about it. They didn't have any steak sandwiches though, which is a problem. Uh, Dave, I know you like to keep up with the kids. See what you think of this. Jay Z said about Coldplay's Chris Martin, "I'm envious of what that guy can do on stage. Watching him is amazing. He can really move. I want to be able to move like that." Get my leg behind my ear. Things like that. Does this hurt, Jay-Z? And I know your uh, little weekend partner is the biggest fan of Jay-Z that there is. Yeah, he loves the Jay-Z. But to me, uh, you know, I, I like Jay-Z only because he's a part owner of the New Jersey Nets. And this, to me, hurts his street cred. You're talking about wanting to emulate Chris Martin, the most feminine yet hetero rock singers today. And you, you want to be like Chris Martin? No, you should fucking intimidate Chris Martin to want to be like you. You're the man. You never heard Michael Jordan say, you know, I'd really like to be like um, Oral Hershiser or something. You know, choose a different sport and a, and a different athlete. You don't want to be like anyone. I was shocked to hear this. And this, to me, shows you that Jay-Z's he's, his, uh, his downfall is coming and Kanye is going to be the new ruler of hip-hop. Hmm. But what, what's wrong with just liking one thing about the guy? Because it's a, you're liking a, another man dancing. That's specifically what he was talking about, how Chris Martin prances around. Quite frankly, it looks spasmatic to me. All right, let me head on over here to uh, Chris Stanley. Chris. It doesn't hurt him. I think at this point in Jay-Z's career, it's very hard for him to actually be hurt. 
All of a sudden, he comes out as gay. That's probably the only thing that would actually destroy him. That's what it is. This comes but out But coming out as gay. The guy fucking says a lot of things about a lot of artists. And he was on stage with Fish. If that doesn't hurt his credibility, then nothing fucking will. I, I'm not talking about doing a show with Fish because he actually has played shows with Coldplay. I'm saying I like the way Chris Martin moves. Come on. If I said I like the way Pepper moves, people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with Dave? Well, I do like the way Pepper moves. The guy is so graceful. Thanks. Um, it's pretty smooth. I got some bad news. I won a big bet off of Fez today. And my plan was to buy lunch for all you guys. And now Fez, he's stiffing me. Oh, Jesus Christ. What was that? What, what do you mean? He doesn't, he doesn't have enough cash? He's saying he doesn't have the do re me. Yeah, I don't have enough cash on me. you guys are getting me. free lunch. Damn it. Oh, we needed that, too. Why about you give the ATM card and Scruffy will go down? By the way, I was going to buy you guys lunch Yeah. at Tom Colicchio's Witchcraft. Great. That's my, he's my he, after Gordon Ramsay, he's my favorite. Where I consider the turkey sandwich to be as good as anything has been made in history. Great. History of the world. Fucking nice Beers and steak sandwiches. 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 <laughs> I just didn't have time to hit the ATM this morning. Mm-hmm. So the wallet's just empty. What are you doing making bets, Lynn? What are you doing making bets? Well, I figured I could get it to you. Speaking of which, here we are uh, coming up straight o'clock, straight up 1 o'clock. You have to... Um, beers and steak sandwiches. I know they don't have it at Witchcraft. Let him be upset. Dave gets upset. That's plenty. Uh, you have to decide you versus Pat from Monaki. Eating contest on Thursday night. Dave came up with the idea of cocktail weenies. I don't think it's ever been done before in history. I don't remember it. And I can say this, and I've been to parties before. I don't think anyone's ate more than three of those. Because <laughs> the first one tastes kind of good. Second one, not so. And the third, you're like, this is making me sick. <laughs> uh, but, of course, Fez, it is up to you. You're, you're the one challenging Pat from Anaki. What's Baby Hitler going to put up that day? Well, I was thinking, I had a few ideas. I was thinking of Lucky Charms, a box of Lucky Charms. Who could eat the most out of a box of Lucky Charms in a certain time limit? What else you got? Uh, cans of Spam. Ugh. I don't think I've ever eaten Spam. Isn't, don't you have to cook it? Uh, I think Spam is a pre-cooked meat. Oh, I had no idea. I think you heat it up. I mean, I haven't had Spam since, you know, a young Fez Watley going to Grandma's house and getting Spam sandwiches. All right, hold on. You can eat it right out of the can. I had no idea. Yeah, it's pre-cooked. I've had it fried before, uh -huh. and it's like the world's worst sausage. It's just not good. I was also thinking of condiment packs. Well... That would take too much time, I think, like... Um, Slicing it open. Yeah, mm. unwrapping the, the pack. And then people are going to complain that some of the stuff left inside. Sushi pieces? Well, that's too good. That's delicious. <laughs> and the problem there is rice. It puffs you up very, very Oh, yeah, quickly. you'll blow... Yeah, the soil will fill you up, too. And the, only, uh, the other suggestion I had was a watermelon. A whole watermelon? That's like, what are we, fucking hayseeds? <laughs> I like Spam, and I like cocktail weenies. Spam seems kind of gross to me, though. Spam is going to... A potted meat is just... That was my biggest fucking problem with Sling Blade. 
Just the constant talks about potted meats have me grossed out. They're on sale. Now, it doesn't come sliced, does it, Fez? No, it comes in a chunk. And, of course, it's going to have that weird spam uh, flavor to it. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? Uh, Curtis, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah, if they eat that spam, it comes surrounded in the can by the yuck-ass jelly. Make them eat the jelly, too. Uh, yeah, obviously you got to eat everything that's in the can. The jelly could be a help. It could be a hindrance. Might help the spam slide down a little bit. I'm not sure if anyone in history could eat one spam. That's what my only problem is. Can it be eaten? It says a can of Spam is 12 ounces. What's a f- What's that got to do with anything? So I think it could be eaten. I think we would have no, to No, have... I mean taste-wise. Oh. I don't even think I've tasted Spam. Um, what is Pat from Monaki's thing on throwing up? Can you keep going, or does that end it? I, be- I believe it ends it. Yeah, in the... And the other person just wins naturally? Mm-hmm. Well, they call that a reversal, and I think it just nullifies that bite of food. You know what I mean? Because I watched Kobayashi throw right. up, and they just, when the hot dog that he threw up, he didn't get disqualified, but they refused to count. All right, we've got a world record right now. What do you think it is? It's 12 ounces for one. What do you think the world record of eating Spam is? I would say the world record is 24 ounces. Okay. This is doable. World record... Six pounds. You can definitely eat six pounds of spam, Fez. Definitely. That's something to shoot for. And it's like a night for Guinness. To beat Pat and set a world record? That will be the greatest night of your life. Yeah. And you get to spit in the face of management who somehow hurt your feelings again? Mm-hmm. You can spit I guess, spam on. I think what you're really mad about is not being able to see Oprah. Uh, Big Baby Hitler uh, will be making the walk as the show begins, and we need people to videotape it and just walk along with Fez, Fez or Fez, as I keep calling you, uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, you can just email us at runandfez at AOL for that. But I'd like to get some of this uh, down, and then, uh, of course, Just John can Twitter it or Twitio it. Yes, he could. Uh, we're going to be going over everything with Just John of who he wants his uh, his Twitter team to be. Really exciting! I can't even I can't even guess. Mm. There's so many there's so many different people and avenues he could take on Twitter. That's the thing. Twitter what, is an endless world of possibilities. What if he took a Javak? Wow. Uh, Nathan, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, sorry, Ron. You caught me eating. Um, I was going to say spam is highly perishable. You can take it camping. They throw it over an open flame, and it's great with A1. Yeah, I don't know whether we're going to throw it over an open flame. you got to be able to eat it right out of the can. We don't have cooking uh, things there. Yeah. And you're okay with that, Fez? Oh, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yep. I would probably be, I think I would do better with it just right out of the can than if it was hot. Fez likes meat in the can. <laughs> That's his thing. I love it. All right. Spam it is. We could chant spam. spam. Oh, by the spam. way, that's six pounds, two minutes. Wow. We might need a little longer time than two minutes. <laughs>
But you can't go on for an hour, Fez. You have to have a time limit. Right. And since you picked the food, let's let Pat uh, pick the time limit. Okay. That's fair. And you were a big spam eater as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, you're, you're ready to win this. Yeah, we had it all the time. I'm going you back did, to my roots here, Ron. You're doing something interesting to me. You're taking Pat from Monaki out of his comfort zone. Because let's face it, these guys, they eat pizza, mm-hmm. they eat hot dogs, they eat wings, stuff people like to eat. Fez went old school, back to the 1930s when he was a kid, and he's eating Spam. I mean, I've never been in a Spam eating contest, but I'd be willing to bet neither has Pat from Monaki. No, he hasn't. And really, when you think of you and your brothers seeing who's getting that last piece of Spam, yes, then you have been in one, Fez. A lifetime of eating contests. Joey from Tennessee. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Hey, uh, uh, dash you guys up potatoes and onions and fry it with your uh, Spam, and it's it's pretty damn good, guys. Yeah, I can't imagine it. You know where they eat the most Spam in the whole world? I would guess. Which state? Uh, Alabama. Wrong. I was going to say Australia, so I'll say... Uh, um, Our 51st state. I'll say Let's hope. Vermont. All right, wrong. Yes. Hawaii. Uh, the answer, of course, is Hawaii. Only Chris Tanley knows that. Chris, do you know why? World War II? Well, it's the only way they could get meat over there were potted meats. And then those fuckers never stopped eating it. They love it, and it's part of their McDonald's breakfast. Again... I've got one person to help me, Chris Tanley. Let's go over what we're doing at the gig. There's the great two you. Mm-hmm. Ant stopping by. My uh, And I would love to have Ant and Joe finally look each other in the eyes and shake, hair, uh, shake hands again. Um, we're also going to have gigantic, gigantic... Uh, family Feud games going down. Maybe some uh, singers with uh, To You and some of the characters are stopping back. So it's going to be a really fun night. We're going to salute uh, Sir Arthur and get this thing started. I'm very excited about this one, Fez. Yeah, I'm... The eating contest and, of course, the gross-out contest also going down. Right, that's, and the eating contest with the spam against Pat Fumanaki, that's how I get my dignity back because I will be arriving as giant baby Hitler after a 16-block walk uh, down Broadway, basically from Times Square to Herald Square. Now, here's the other thing do we want to do. Do we want to let people know what the gross-out contest is going to be, or are you guys surprised? I think we should surprise. Yeah, I mean, we're doing, we're each having to come up with a different thing, right? Three things. Yeah. with with, Two out of three falls. Yeah, we're each having to come up with three different things. Right. Yeah, so I don't think it would, uh, we, we could tell them because they'd be different every time. So you might even go, if I'm losing, I'll pull this one out. Right. See, the difference between him and you is he plays strategies. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you got to be ready to go any any which direction on this. Any which way but loose. Yeah. Hmm. Really fucking weird. Really, really strange <laughs> to see you guys going at each other like this. Um, let's go to Scott. Scott in Tampa. 
Hey, Ronnie, uh, I like the Spam, but how about this? How about Vianney sausages? They're small. They're in a can, and uh, after about a dozen of those, they get a little bit uh, tasty. Mm. What about this for the New York Post? Friday headline. Giant Hitler baby kills self by choking on Spam. What I'm going to do I'd is buy a copy. I'm going to I'm going to do more. I'm going to actually run that off as a print, a la Andy Warhol, and make myself some fucking big fat cash. You would never see another headline like that again, nor before. It would be something else. I think it'd be better than Dewey wins or whatever that one was. Exactly, whatever it was. Um. Leader, leader, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I think for the gross-out contest, if someone came out and said they were gay, they'd win the whole thing, hands down. Oh! Uh, if you want to get in it, you could go out there and maybe just show your ass or face and let the uh, audience see what they could tell the difference. I, I'd get involved, but I'm already in the family feud thing, so I don't want to stretch myself too thin, you know? Have you gone with Just John on Twitter? No, I'm RonFez.net all the way. Wow. I'm not a flip-flopper. All right. No Twitter, no pal talk. Ronfez.net. I'll be the anchor, too. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a choke. Go uh, ahead go ahead and just uh, ring the buzzer for a strike. It, uh, let's listen to a little Donnie Dunphy while things uh, calm down. He, uh, we haven't heard the first hit in quite some time. The first hit, which, let's face it, Newfoundland Ritz, they've gone 2-0. Who doesn't believe right now in the magic of Donnie Dunphy? First 50 bucks rolling smokes for murder. First thing I bought was a case of beer and a rubber. I was born in the cab and the bars were too. Looking at each other, sure I die at you. There's nothing like sitting with a bottle of screech, a purity cracker and a bucket of salt beef. Then heads the jimmers to get me script. And you know what that means, 1200 grits. Drop down the nine sitting next to me. I'm weighing grams, she's watching Jeopardy. See, I get some inspiration from the movie Dune. Best order wasn't greasy, it was Booka Boom. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Brenda, what do you want? Take us for a ride, take us for a jaunt. Honda 50, get her on the go, get her on the grass. I don't mind on the front, I don't mind on the back. Stop at the shop for a loaf of bread. Spent all our money on Nevada's instead. Cheery. If you got beef with Dumpy, I wouldn't be so inclined. Cause I'm not freaking around. And I'm just having a time. Having a time, having a time. That's what I said, I'm just having a time. Breakfast, having a time. Wheelies, having a time. Headlocks, having a time. Drunk tank, not so much a time. If you got beef with Dumpy, up with two black eyes Your mother had it coming And I'm still having a time <laughs> Hash, father only smokes the hash by gold time Yeah, hash only gets you so fucking high Unless you got a four-wheel drive I'll say this once and I'll say it clearly Dumpy's on the cup next to Danny Cleary I'm Clyde, Brenda's Bonnie You may drink like a fish, but a fish drinks like Donnie Was gonna ask Brenda to marry me But then wrestling came on It was WWE Come on, get down with the dumb persona. A case of beer, packet darts, and the rest in bologna. So pour yourself a 
a brew, cause I'm about to get surly. This one's for the boys out in Fort McMurray. You got beef with Dumpy. I wouldn't be so inclined, cause I'm not freaking around. And I'm just having a time, having a time, having a time. That's what I said, I'm just having a time. George Street, having a time. Brenda, having a time. Bingo, having a time. House arrest. Still having a time. No luck, that's my story. What are you at? Like Danny Williams, I'm putting Newfoundland on the map. And Labrador. Donnie Dunphy on the Run and Fez show. Get at me, this Thursday, live broadcast. Live broadcast this Thursday from Stout NYC in Manhattan. And we'll be broadcasting live from 6 to 10. Special guests to you, the world's greatest U2 tribute band. They will be performing live. Plenty of things going on. The Ron and Fez family feud will be happening. And it appears that that is getting ugly. There will be a gross-out competition as part of the Siren series between myself and Eastside Dave. And I'm not going to stop there. I'm also taking on Pat from Unaki in a competitive eating competition. It's all happening this Thursday, starting at 6 o'clock, Stout NYC, 33rd Street in Manhattan, uh, across the street from Madison Square Garden. And uh, we always try to have something for the kids, Fuzzy, something for the younger people. For the first time ever, making a public appearance, special delivery. Special delivery. Oh. And they'll come out, you know, I'll, I'll be rapping oh, and yeah. popping and doing all the things that the kids do. Okay. Yo! Special D in the house, y'all. It's delivered. Yeah. But they do that, Fezzy, uh-huh. but for Christ. So that's why I think, oh. that's why I don't get offended. Right. It's taking that culture to bring young people into the church. And that's what I love about Special Delivery, the born-again radio show. We're like the striper of radio. Well, I'm not familiar. We're like Christian, you know, type of Christian. Oh, sure. Christ is the best. Yeah, that kind Christ of thing. Christ is the best and everybody else is the worst. Yeah. That's what I like to say, uh, say about the gods out there. I like to say my guy could beat the shit out of your god. <laughs> All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Haven't been to the movies lately. Anything big coming out this weekend? Do we know if we got anything lined up? Uh, this weekend is the Tucker Max movie that I hope they serve beer in hell. Oh, yeah. I was going to go to that with O&A since they're all buddies. So that's uh, based on his best-selling book from the New York, uh, New York Times best-selling list, Tucker Max. I hope they serve beer in hell. This one, I would imagine it's probably going to be pretty big. There's a lot of drunkenness, a lot of women in it, a lot of partying, Vegas, all that stuff. I think it's, All that stuff? Yeah, I think it's You gonna, know, didn't we already see this movie last summer? Wasn't this the one that uh, Zach Galifianakis was in? The drunkenness, Vegas. Hangover. Yeah, it's Hangover. Well, this is going to be, uh, of course, Tucker Max's own take on this, out of, right out of his real life. Is it going to be bigger than Hangover? I think it will be bigger than Hangover. Think? Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it will. it's going to be huge this weekend. This is what people like to see. People, The guys are going to go out. They're going to see this movie. They're going to love it. It's going to be number one at the box office. 
So it's Tucker Max. I hope they serve beer in hell. Uh, I believe, too, that there's Ewoks in it. So that'll be great for the kids. I know they like that. So that's one of the things opening this Friday. And transforming robots. <laughs> All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Dan. Dan, you're on Run Fez. Hey, buddies. Yeah, I was just thinking that if Fez doesn't want to have another heart attack, he might want to rethink seeing how much spam he can eat. I think uh, Fez will be able to eat a, a lot of spam. Uh, Matt in Connecticut, you're on a Fez. Hey, Ryan, I got a spy report for you. Connecticut. Uh, what do you got for me on the spy report? Spy report. Spy, spy report. report. Plaxico birth, two years in prison. Plaxico gets two years for shooting himself in, in the ass. Injustice, Michael Bloomberg, witch hunt, let's put a celebrity in jail. But here's the deal. He shot himself. Did he shoot himself in the ass? I thought it was the thigh. If it was the ass, the the penalty should have even been less severe. (laughs) I think he's learned his lesson. Uh, Uh, You can't go sticking a gun in your sweatpants belt and feeling like you're going to be safe with that. (laughs) This is why we don't have the U.S. Marines wearing sweatpants <laughs> when they're going into battle. Take a break here. Back in just a couple minutes, it's the Ron Fest Show. XM202, Sirius 197. This is a top to, uh, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. 11, oh, 11, mostly 11, 11. Amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? It's the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Twitter came in from G-Baby. Scoffing at Fez for two things. Thinking that the drinking beer and movie will make it uh, to number one this week. Or that could ever possibly uh, become a major hit. You shocked by that, Fez? I'm shocked at that attitude. I think it, w- it definitely will be a hit this weekend. What are you going to bet on? Um, Define hit. Um, it'll be number one at the box office and bring in, I'll say, 30 mil. Dave, how much? Um, eight million. That's not necessarily a failure, too. I don't know the stats of how much money this movie was made for. Yeah. I'm just wondering um, who's going to this movie. Who's looking forward to it? Does he have a big following? If they put this in colleges, mm-hmm. like they would intelligently should do, then it could be uh, big. Mm. But they have to put it in colleges. Why Why did we think this is what our college kids act like? <laughs> Whatever happened to colleges being, you know, fucking hip? Uh, you going to this, uh, Hicks? Uh, I think I might check it out on bootleg. You steal every movie now, don't you? You steal saw, every single film. I saw Glorious Bastards twice in theaters. That's you liked that one, didn't you? Oh, yeah. By the way, that went along to be the number one hit 
in Quentin Tarantino's uh, history, which is probably cheating a little bit because you can't uh, measure it against $19.94, but still a big hit for him. Good enough for QT. Uh, Dave, you said you were angry about the Emmys. Yes, I was. I uh, went to a website that gave me an Emmy rundown, gave me clips and whatnot, and they had a list of the In Memoriam segment, and I noticed that Billy Mays was not included in the In Memoriam segment with featuring all the dead people who passed away. And well, he wasn't an actor. He's on TV. They, they, they didn't have just actors. They had Who else did they have? Who am I missing? They had camera people. They had lighting people. I mean, uh, most of the names didn't jump out. The name that jumped out was Patrick Swayze, you know, because he did some Everybody TV clap? work and everything like that. B. Arthur. Clap. I don't remember uh, when pa Patrick Swayze did TV work. I thought it was a movie star. He had a show on um, one of the fucking Never knew this. shittier cable networks. It was the last thing he did before he died. He did one season of The Beast. So yeah. watched up time. Right, it was called The Beast. But they also had writers. I mean, they didn't... And also, it was TV. It's not... It, it doesn't just have to be actors and sitcoms. Billy Mays was a TV star. He wasn't but a newspaper he wasn't star. A, he wasn't a TV actor. Let's suppose this. There's a lot of people who do commercials. They're acting like they're commercials. Where the infomercial is more just a straight sales pitch by a pitchman. But that propelled him into national pop culture awareness and certainly got him his own television show. Yeah, I can't fight that. You're I mean, right about he, that. He was a host of a, of, a, of a TV program. Maybe the Emmys were embarrassed of him and infomercials well, themselves. Well, that's my point. That's exactly what they were. They were embarrassed. What, Billy Mays isn't too good for the Emmys? So I say on behalf of, you know, Joe Lunchpail, I, I'm... Emmys ain't good enough for me, and I'm fucking boycotting the Emmys. Well, I'm going to boycott them every time they put them up against football. I can't fucking sit and do both. F fucking A. But I'm, and, and, until they put Billy Mays up there, I'm not going to do it. Justin, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, enough with Billy fucking Mays. I'm getting sick of watching his zombie commercials every time he's coming out with a new product. Still, they need a new pitchman. All right, but in the same way. Now, is that in bad taste for you, Fez, that the Billy Mays is showing up? Um, it is for me only because when I see Billy Mays pitching something, I just think there's that guy that just died. Right. But, I, I mean, I'm not looking at but, his product anymore. But if you watch a Patrick Swayze movie, are you going to think there's the guy who just died? Do we, we get rid of James Cagney because he's dead, so we get rid of all of his movies, James Dean? I think it's a nice way to honor Billy, quite frankly. I'm happy that they're still playing his commercials because he did it the best. It was he, Billy who who did it better. You than know anyone. what I feel sorry for is Dave McDonald here. You jumped into the pitchman game. After yeah. that happened, every commercial now starts to do parodies of the pitchman stuff. I know it's upsetting to me. And now you can't do your bit anymore. You've already uh, lost on it. Well, the Bud Lights of the world, you know, really hurt me, and they they hurt me by mocking Billy Mays, dressing some guy up in a blue shirt. Fucking making fun of Billy Mays. That's they should have had him as uh, Zombie Mays. <laughs> uh, and my big problem with with Billy Mays is too close to Willie Mays. Uh, Dave, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron, hey, Fez. Dave, you're a dumbass, man. The reason Billy Mays wasn't honest because he wasn't a member of SAG. Got to be a Screen Actors Guild to be uh, to be awarded. You know, I, have... I already wait. I already threw out the first caller today for using that language. Oh, I'm not going to put sorry. up with the audio. Uh, he said SAG. He said SAG. <laughs> What's, SAG. Is a SAG a Swedish uh, gay guy? 
No, it's no I'm the... thinking of swag. Uh, Mike in Houston, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, buddy. Swayze was in a, in a miniseries in the 80s called The North and the South. Who won that? I didn't get to see it. I'll say North, but yes. I don't know. North picked up the win there. Yes. Exactly. Who did what in that one? I mean, but uh, yeah, uh, you did not have to be an actor. We they understand. had writers. We're with you 100%. Don't, don't shame, watch the Emmys. Shame anymore. on you, Emmys. Don't watch the Emmys anymore. Don't even do it. I'm not going to. And I urge America to not do that as well. Uh, some guy in Russia has come up with the anti-paparazzi la laser. He's got an infrared laser detects the electric light sensors and nearby cameras. And then it fires a focused beam of light at the camera, disrupting the ability to record a digital image. So it will know that a picture is being taken. And just kind of like with Dave's eyes in pictures, it will just red-eye up the whole picture. Dave, uh, is this going to be a hit? Yeah, I think this is awesome. I, I especially love that it was this crazy Russian millionaire. I love it when, like, millionaire-type people come up with gadgets and gizmos. And this is... this is like do, you think that, do you think that there's a big enough market for this, though? I mean, how many people have to worry you about this? 20? 40? Sell it for a million dollars, and anyone who is who makes ten million dollars will feel like it's the cool thing to have. I mean, once you get out of Brad and his wife and George Clooney, but it's not even that. This is going to be more of a status of the rich. So this is going to be the equivalent of a fucking Rolex or a Bentley. It's going to be the same thing. Remember when Fez Watley, the early days of cranky Fez Watley was mad because some guy in Washington took his video. Exactly. Exactly. Remember that, Fez? You oh, never yeah. got over that. Yeah, Bama. Well, why did that make you mad? Because, well, it was one thing where it was, I was sitting there, standing there posing for a picture, and I had no idea it was video. So it's just, you know, let me know what I'm doing, and I'll do it. But don't try to trick me into things. How do they trick? What, what are you doing when the camera's not on you that you're so embarrassed of? You got your dick out swinging around in a helicopter thing? No, I'm not doing anything like that. I just like to know. I just like to know when it happens. I think this invention, I think a lot of people, I think everyday people would want this. Why? You know, you go to a party and people are all snapping pictures. A lot of people don't want to be in pictures. They don't want to end up on somebody's MySpace or Facebook. Other than you, who else complains about this? Uh, what about this? No one's brought this up. What if you have it on the back of your car, you're going through a red light, the uh, detector goes off, boom, you stop it. I'm sure there's going to be some... F I mean, that is a lot more valuable than people who are afraid of being seen on MySpace. <laughs> right. Because we all have to deal with that now. So many of the fucking cities have uh, the lights take your picture for going through it. Well, I mean, then if you're going to use it for evil purposes, then... I don't think it's evil. Robbers, though, could use it to uh, knock out the cameras of banks. Well, don't they already? No, a lot of times I still see robbers... They still doing the spray paint? Yeah. The, bra the black spray paint? Even if that, you still st see the uh, ski mask. You know, they, they still can't get very creative. Only in the movies do they use, like, presidents or some other fun kind of weird mask. All you need is the slightest little thing when you're robbing a bank, and the news will go ahead and dub you that, you know, the bullcap robber. Here's my thing, Fuzzy. I almost feel like what you were complaining about has been lost to time. Uh, I think privacy, anonymity, it's just gone. 
Wherever you go now, you're being filmed. You're being filmed coming in and out of this building. You're being filmed as you're walking up and down the street. You're being filmed constantly. Why would you just get a complaint because someone's taking a still picture? Uh, or, oh, I don't want you to put my, my face up on your Facebook. You're not going to have to, uh, you're not going to have much to do with this. And your privacy issues, now it's going to sound like an old lady who doesn't believe in cars. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that uh, that cat's been fucked already. <laughs> yeah. but uh, Let me go to somebody from what I consider uh, the generation that grew up with all this. Hicks, do you mind any pictures of you showing up anywhere? I just expect it's going to happen now. Yeah. You can't fucking defeat it. You go to a party. You're getting fucked up. The next day, your face is all over different people's Facebooks. Yeah, I'm just blacked out. I don't remember going to that fucking party or bar or apartment or whatever. It's just, right. It just happens. At a certain point, Fezzi, you won't be able to leave the house if you hold on to this. Right, yeah, but I mean, I say use the invention for the ones that you can use it for. The ones that you do know about. But well, how is that going to help you? You're still, you're still fighting a losing battle. Right, but you might, might as well make a statement with it. I just think that plenty of people are going to want it because it's going to make them look cooler and, and like they're higher in society. $30 million. Fuzz, let's take it down to the $8 million. What will you pay if it doesn't make $8 million this uh, weekend? Um, let's see. I'll, I'll pay the difference in $100 to Dave. <laughs> what the hell is he talking well, about? I don't know, but I think I just got like $22 Two million. grand. What I are you talking I, about? No, I mean, never mind. I'm what not doing math. What are you talking about? I think I just got 20 million bucks. There is uh, Brad in Alabama. You're on the Run of Fed show. Uh, when you're talking about the... How about you just buy you lunch? Know, the, I guess the How's sensor, that? but... Okay. I'll do that. Actually, yeah. And you're buying lunch today. They actually too. make a spray that uh, you can spray on your license plate, and it reflects on any of those street cameras. So the picture that's actually taken is just a bright, you know, shiny blur. So maybe you could get some kind of spray, I guess, to spray on your face, and you'd reflect every camera. I don't know. That's possible. Uh, supposedly the cops used to put these on uh, cars at clubs uh, back in the 80s when they when they first came up with the drinking and driving. They would spray something on the front of the club that would shine a certain way in the light. And then when that car was heading down the road, they would be pumped up to go, yeah, that was one that we know was at the big fucking club. Oh, wow. Motherfuckers. That's fucking cheap. Uh, Fezzi, good news. Franklin has invited you to the Tucker Max screening if you'd like to go. Oh, when's that? Uh, I believe it's tonight. Yeah, I won't be able to make it tonight. Oh, no, wait. It's Tuesday, September 22nd, 6 p.m. Uh, yeah, that's night. tonight. Yeah. Why can't you go tonight? I got the shrink tonight. So you really don't believe in this movie you're selling? I believe it's going to be number one. I just can't make the screening, which isn't going to add to any of its uh, cash anyway. $10. Somebody from NBC has offered to walk over with you, Fez, on your uh, walkover. I'm going to send you the uh, the link here. Hopefully it's Bob Costas. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Fez I actually like... saw him down going in there one day in front of our building. Tiny? Like Bilbo Baggins short? He's little. He, if he, if you look Lil on TV, in my opinion, you have to be fucking ne near Gary Coleman. 
That's my rule. It just hurts even Gary Coleman. <laughs> that guy had a bad kidney. You can't <laughs> fuck with him. Well, yes. He's still alive. I mean... Yeah, but doesn't he have to go on dialysis, him and uh, Webster? All those fucking short guys, their fucking kidneys hurt from, I guess, not pissing enough. <laughs> I just thought they were short. Like, I didn't know that they had something wrong with them. Uh, we'll take a break here. Back in just a couple of minutes. Might be having a special guest coming in in about uh, 20, about 20 minutes. I'm a show. XM202, Sirius 197. Doesn't anyone comprehend that government is not a word? It's people. And it's the people in those positions who are responsible for it. Not the government. The jackass who fucking was in charge. Who the suck? Wait a second. Because if we're going to get into that, you're insane. Because to say it's Clinton's fault that he picked a schmuck. Then look at Numbnuts here and the amount of idiots he picked. They both pick them. Across the West Sea, we didn't have much idea of the kind of climate waiting. Run a Fez show. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Hanging out with you, uh, getting ready to do the gig on Thursday night. You know, I got uh, thinking about this uh, when it comes to, like, 100 years from now. So many of the things that we do now, uh, I think that it's just going to look savage. Savage to the people of the future. And obviously we could bring up, you know, surgery. Surgery is going to look like the nuttiest thing that ever took place. Uh, someone is sick, so you slice open their body and start to scoop stuff out. We're going to have so many better ways of doing that in the future. But the other thing that just looked crazy to me, I was watching some earth movers the other day. You know, any kind of construction equipment, it still has that big grinding gear stuff that it started with. It still just looks like it's forcibly trying to push things around rather than work with the earth. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but somehow I think in the future they're just going to get stuff to slide around. Much easier. Dave, when you think about the future, what are you thinking about? I still think that the future is going to have us be able to eat a lot easier. I mean, I was at a restaurant during vacation, and people cracking lobsters. We, we always kind of make fun of people. Yeah, I don't want to get away with from the eating experience, though. But that's the way. But but I mean, you're 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 tearing into the meat almost like people in the Middle Ages would right. just pick up the meat. But d again, do you want spam or do you want to have the meat on the bone? Do you want? Uh, I mean, people could have lobster shelled for them now. They don't want it because they want to have it fresh and eat it the way but they want to. They can still figure a way to give you the freshest foods without getting your hands and tearing in like you're an animal. Eight six six run zero fez. Eight six six run zero fez. But there is something traditional about eating that I don't think you want to get away from. The more we get away from this is the real food, the worse off we are. Now, here's one that I think is going to look nuts to us in the future. Uh, guns. The fact that this little explosion <laughs> has to take place to push a piece of metal through space, it's going to look insane to them. There are going to be so many better ways... And no, not just the phaser, but so many better ways to protect yourself without 
doing harm to innocent people. Mm. Well, you know, the fact that yeah. you could just point a gun and not hit what you want to hit is going to seem insane to the people <laughs> of the future. I think rockets... Where, like, if they launch the space shuttle and it just has, you go through millions of gallons of fuel and there's sure. that fireball underneath yeah. the thing, it's so unsafe to get someone into orbit. They've got to find a different way to do that. Anthony in New Jersey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, boys. I got two. Um, what about, like, hygienic things, like brushing your teeth or wiping your ass? You know, that yeah, we haven't made gigantic improvements with the shower. Uh, the toilet, and, of course, like you said, uh, just brushing the teeth. The fact that you have to physically get in and work that almost seems insane. And, of course, wiping your ass, we might as well be fucking cavemen with that. We have not come up with uh, anything better. Even the shower, when you think of the amount of work uh, that the shower has to do, the amount of water, that you have to do. You think there was just some kind of slight mist that would make all the dirt fall off of you and you're incredibly uh, clean. Uh, Scott, Scott in Ohio. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah. Um, I don't know whether anybody caught it, but 60 Minutes on Sunday had a um, spot about amputees and the work they're doing. Phenomenal. With, with it's the, the same guy who invented the Segway. Do you know the guy in New yeah. Hampshire? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. He has an amputee, a guy comes in, hasn't been had an arm in 40 years, lost it back in one of the earlier wars. They put this hand on him, which is a fucking Luke Skywalker hand. And using the muscles in his arm, plus something that they had worked it out with his shoe, so that his foot could turn and turn this hand, he fucking picked a grape. Off a bunch of grapes, took it up to his mouth and ate it. And we're in the earliest days of this. Wow. It was just unbelievable. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. All right, this is uh, going to be uncomfortable. It was Just John's one-time best friend, Mikey Boy. Mikey Boy. Hey, guys. Uh, I think orthodontia is going to look crazy in the future. I mean, it's just a forcing of the teeth into the right position. It seems almost kind of medieval when you think about it that way. And then the interesting there is the the amount of leap that they've had over this lifetime. Yeah. Uh, where you're really at pain-free dentistry now. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Boy. Yes. Is this the last hurrah for RonFez.net? Do you got to win this thing? I think we have to. Yeah. I think it's all on us to win this. I mean, it, it, Twitter's the new challenger. I think we need to take them down. And there's a pride situation. Absolutely. Um, is it true that Just John has GVAC? Uh, not that I've heard. Uh, last I heard, GVAC was still on our team, and, and I, I highly doubt that GVAC would jump to Twitter. But All right. Uh, speak for GVAC. Interesting to hear. Thank you. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Matt in Virginia, you're on Runa Fez. Hey, what's up, Ron? Hey, I thought we already had the uh, watching the ass the future of the three seashells. Well, I don't know how to use those seashells. I really I don't. Mean, uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. But just think of the driving stuff and how much it's changing. They're going to be taking so much of the driving away from the driver in the future. There's new technology that as you start to leave your lane, the car is going to correct itself regardless of what you're doing. 
regardless of I what you're up to. Commercial. There also has to be a way that, uh, and and they're going to work this out, where the car is going to start communicating with the red light. So it won't be up to you whether you decide to gun it and make it through that fucking yellow light. It will almost be like if you start to hit the gas, the car is like, no, dude, you're not doing what you want to do. I'm going to make up my mind for you. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I wonder Um, about um, contact sports. Will the NFL be gone in a hundred or so years where it does just look savage looking back on it? But what purpose does that fill? People never pay attention to this when you, you watch sports. What does sports do for us psychologically? Um, it gives us a sense of unity and community. Well, against what? Against uh, a common enemy. So it's warfare. So the fact is... We do like rough sports, and as savage as they may be, it's a lot less savage than warfare. So when you're watching something like football, and let's face it, you are playing to your lower angels when you're getting caught up with kill them, knock them out, same as boxing or any of the martial arts sports, but at least it's not fighting to the death. Mm -hmm. So in a way, if that is to be replaced... It's going to be replaced against something that's still probably going to be about killing and, you know, taking that part of it for us. When you really think about it, sport is so much better than gladiators. Hmm. Yeah. Um, But they all appeal also to the uh, caveman as well. Yeah. And it's good for us, though. It's good for us to find another way of getting that than not. And I, I, I think the same thing about, you know, role playing stuff. When you role play, you let a little something out. That may, so you don't have to bring that into reality. Here is our good friend Gvac. Gvac. Oh, we lost him. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, Darren, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, buddies. Uh, chemo and radiation for cancer. The best thing we can come up with right now for a cancer treatment is to poison your entire body and just hope the cancer gets sick more. Right. Yeah, um, and again, uh, there are so many times, you know, people get mad at modern medicine. But just think, in, in your life, how many times you would be dead if it wasn't for modern medicine. I would have been dead as a baby. I would have been dead as a toddler. That's not even throwing in, you know the mumps and measles that we all had mm-hmm. when that used to kill kids. <laughs> but, you know, twice when I was just like a little kid, they had to pull me out of it. You would have lost your kid. Mm-hmm. Dave, you would have been dead from before. Twice. Says your heart attack, there's no coming back. Right. If you weren't dead from your heart attack, you would not even be working. You would, And this isn't all that long ago. You would be in, like, some kind of rest home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like They used to put you in a place like it was an old folks' home. <laughs> Just be like, take care of yourself. We're going to keep you out of society. So we've made gigantic leaps. And, you know, anytime you've ever had a tetanus shot in your life, that's something that could have killed you if you were back in the Middle Ages. Hmm. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Justin in California. Hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. I really ride both sides of the fence on this one. I look back 100 years, and it's incredible the progress that's been made. 
Um, but at the same time, if you look at like those old films from the 50s and what the year 2000 would look like with flying cars and et cetera, it's, I think sometimes as humans we expect more progress than actually happens. Yeah, but look what, look what those films of the 50s, 60s, even 70s never figured out, and that was the personal computer. The fact that Fair every point. human being, um, well, at least in the Western world, is hooked up to a, com- a computer... Uh, even now, your phone is closer to, to a computer than what they used to think about as a cell phone. So even if you watch Star Trek, the computer was still this gigantic thing. Uh, the arm that they were showing the other night, in just the elbow thing, it had basically three different computers as big as a chip. Wow. <laughs> to just move things back and forth. Um we sometimes we guess what the future is going to be like. Sometimes we're disappointed, but other times things come along that we had no idea about, none whatsoever. Um, eight six six runs zero fez. Eight six six runs zero fez. Here's Ryan. Ryan, you're on the fez. Hey, you're on the fez. Yeah, uh, they're able to grow organs now. Uh, they actually just take tissue from your own body and they put it into a shape, such as a liver. Then they put it in an incubator, and they put some of your own stem cells in there, and you grow a new organ. Now, they're still working with the heart because they can't make capillaries yet. Right. Um, this guy is a printer where you actually print out the cells. You can actually print out the whole thing you know, in a 3D image, and then they can grow it from there. Um, yeah, it's amazing stuff. And, you know, Fez got into saying that we would never be able to compete with the last 100 years. It's ridiculous how fast this stuff, stuff that is getting invented, is now out of date within five to ten years in the medical world. Uh, Javak, Javak, you're on the Run of Fez show. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that's always struck me, uh, for some reason, like if you look at how modern society is, it just it, it always strikes me how like archaic prison still looks. That you gotta have guys in cages, like in a, in a cement cage. I think we're going to look back at, like, the whole jail system. Like, I don't know, like, we, what the hell were we thinking? Uh, particularly when it doesn't seem to change their, their fucking perspective the whole time they're in there. Exactly. You're pretty much caging up mentally ill people like they're animals. I mean, I, it's going to really, really, there's going to have to be some kind of breakthrough where we find a way to treat people that are, you know, in, criminally insane or whatever instead of, you know, the way we lock them up. It, just, right, but it, it let, really but, seems backwards. But well, let's play with this game. What, do you think it's more barbaric to uh, put those people in boxes or change their brain chemistry? Uh, that's, that, that, that's an interesting debate. Uh, whether you're talking changing brain chemistry through a, a physical or medical technique or else, I don't know, some kind of breakthrough in psychology or psychiatry. I, I wish I knew more about it, but it just, I don't know, it just, so when I, every time I see one of these prison shows, it, it looks like Mikey Boy was saying about uh, orthodontists. Right. It looks medieval. It really yeah, does. It they, do, they do still look like castles back then. But, Fezzi, yeah. what about this? You could take, a, uh, and, I, and let's not even debate how we're going to do it, but if you could make a violent person more docile, would you do it? I think I would do it, yes. Dave? Absolutely not. Yes. No. no fucking way. What's the benefit, Fez? Uh, the benefit is they would be no longer a threat to society. We wouldn't have to house them in a cage. Right. But you've also kind of murdered them because they're not the person they were before. 
So who who they were before you've killed? Yeah, I mean that's gone. Right. But but that's who they are. But they're also we're also getting rid of them by locking them up in a cage for the rest of their life. That they, person is gone too from, from society, society. But they're not gone from themselves. They are not gone from themselves. Gvac, are you playing on Team Twitter or tw Team Ronfez.net? Ronfez.net all the way. All right, bad setback for Just John. I'm surprised by that yeah. one. Yeah, I didn't think Just John would lose that one. He was on a roll today. But but like you have your anxieties, right, Fez? Mm -hmm. And you would like to get rid of them, right? If I could say I'll give you this pill, you get rid of it, but you will think differently. How are you yourself then? Well, I'm not myself other than my physical being. Right. So, again, doesn't that seem somewhat barbaric to you? Yeah. I mean, that's you're ch you're changing the essence of who you are. There is there is no more Fez at all. Fez is gone. I would just be a different version of Fez. Say that again. Well, Fez would be gone. Well, what? How do you? How would you describe a different version of Fez? I would be a less anxious Fez. You would not be Fez. You're not going to be thinking the same way Fez thought. What are you more than your thoughts? Nothing. Yeah, if I replaced your brain with another <laughs> brain and said, this new Fez has no fucking problem, blah, 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 would you be Fez? No, I would be the new brain person. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be the new brain person. You wouldn't, you'd be gone. The person that you think of as yourself would be gone. Yeah, um, let me go over here and talk to somebody who sees into the future, our own Rorschach. Rorschach. Hey, buddy. Well, um, first of all, Rorschach, let me play this. Oh, there we go. It's a Rorschach rant. Hey, um, I distinctly remember one time back in the late uh, 70s, like 79, like 80, there was this documentary on PBS about what, humans, well, more specifically, Americans would look like in the year 2010. And it showed us all as like these hairless blobs with only four fingers. They said our uh, pinky finger would have sort of evolutionized off. And, and, and like they showed like what our society would be like and uh, the shopping carts would be little because bread, a loaf of bread would be like $30 and eggs would be like Sixty dollars, and you know that just shows how. And this was PBS, mind, like the mind of the, you know, kind of trying to explain what the future would be like, and it just shows how wrong they were, you know. Yeah, they we we, but it really is something in us needs us always to sit around and try to predict the uh, future, because I mean we even do that with sports. We're always trying to predict what the games are going to be. Uh, thanks a lot, Rorschach. Hey, we've got a guest stopping by, Fezzi. That's right. It's Vincent Pastore. He's going to be hosting the World Hunger Years Wise Guys Rock the Hard Rock event for the 2009 Hungerthon. That's all part of WHY World Hunger Year. That's happening Thursday, October 22nd at the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square. You all know uh, Vincent Pastore played Big Pussy on Sopranos. Let's bring him in. Vincent Pastore.
Vincent Pastore in the uh, studio with us. How you doing, man? Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. It's uh, good to have you in here. Uh, you know, when I uh, think about your career, you've got um, you got something a lot of actors that don't have, and that's kind of a life lived before you got into acting. Yeah, that's that's right. I really didn't break into uh, the business professionally till I was forty three years old. So I must have done something before that. <laughs> yeah, but don't you uh, agree that real life experiences? It's a lot different than just going to acting school or college. You know, you you have a better idea of seeing the way couples are going to act. You've been in real relationships. You've been in real work uh, that situations. That is true, uh, Ron, but there's something that a lot of us street actors, and that's what I call a street actors, uh -huh. forget that you do have to study. Right. you got to study. Otherwise, you're going to fall on your face when you needed to do something uh, that's you know more than one line. Right. You know? at, at what point did you say to yourself, even though my life is going on this way, uh, uh, acting is something I want to try? Well, uh, I was always uh, I always had the desire to do uh, acting. When I got out of service, I studied uh, with the GI Bill down at Pace College. I you know took some acting classes, mm -hmm. uh, and then I was doing some community theater in New Rochelle. Um, I couldn't get any work, so I went into the bar business, and and then I was doing once in a while a, a, a community theater play, and then I had this idea. I opened up my own club, and I designed the stage, and the club was based around the stage. The stage was the center point mm -hmm. where normally when you open up a bar, people say, we got to get to the bar. But I designed the stage first. And I had people from Community Theater Nurse Show coming over running the, the set for me. And I got into entertaining people that way with bands and comedy and and whatever we were doing back in the 80s. And, um, and then I got into the acting. So it, even though you weren't completely into acting, it was always there for you? Yeah. Yeah, we were growing up in Nourishal High School, and we wanted to, I say we, because I'm talking about me and a couple of the other guys from the neighborhood, mm -hmm. we wanted to get into it, but we weren't encouraged to get into acting. We were encouraged to, you know, sports and, uh, you know, rock and roll. Uh, we had acapella groups, and so we weren't really encouraged to get into acting. But, you know, I, I mean, I used to go to the movies and, and watch Anthony Quinn and uh, and Brando and James Dean, and that's how I, and Cagney on television, and I always wanted to get into the stuff. Yeah, and that was kind of interesting, too, I guess, because you played so many uh, either gangster parts and all, but people don't realize this. Up until probably The Godfather, gangsters never were played by Italian-Americans. Well, right, because Kirk Douglas was in the Brotherhood. Yeah, uh, you know, which was a huge movie, uh, and um, yeah, uh, if you look at the earliest stuff, you mm -hmm. know, Paul Mooney and and Bogey, right, and Cagney playing all these gangsters, um, Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, the Italians. Well, the Italians really weren't working though. Right. I mean, you had. Um, a few Italian American actors like Anthony Franciosca, uh, you know, and a few guys out there, but not until De Niro and Pacino broke through did people realize that Italians could act too. Yeah, it was the seventies. It was, and the then 70s. yeah, then you had Travolta, and suddenly the Italian American was kind of a sex symbol. Frank Langella, yeah, great actor. Um, you know, you can go on and on. Um, but prior to that, like Lee J. Cobb played the gangster in On the Waterfront. Right. Uh, his name was Johnny Friendly. Um, 
I played him recently in a play, uh, the same character. Yeah, Italian-Americans weren't given those roles. Right. You know, it was given to uh, the different ethnics. And then Sopranos was the big break for you. That and was, a lot of guys. Yeah. And a lot of guys. And a lot of those uh, fellas uh, also heard from the Italian-American, I don't know what the name of the league is, but that this That is, we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, that you shouldn't be doing it at all. Okay. What do you do... Fez, how you doing over there? Good, good, Vinny. Thank you. I I, I feel bad. Yeah, 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 I'm talking over here. What do you do when you need? You want? You, you have a desire to do something, and Hollywood, if you want to use that term, is only giving you a certain type of work. Mm -hmm. Do you say I'm not going to do it when you know it's going to help your career and launch your career and all the great benefits you get from Screen Actors Guild? I grew up in dark theaters watching people act. You know, I'm, I'm, that's what I would do on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Go deliver my paper route and go to the movies. And so did Martin Scorsese and so did a lot of the Italian-American actors, De Niro and Pacino. And that's how we grew up. And we wanted to be up there just like anybody else. So they gave Michael Corleone's role to Al Pacino and they gave Vito Corleone to Robert De Niro. Who was going to do better? You know, um, and when Sopranos came along, David Chase knew what he wanted. He wanted some real New York actors who really weren't having didn't have familiar faces. He didn't want stars in his in his show. He wanted guys that he could develop and people would say, That is that guy I was walking through the hallway right now. Mm -hmm. Hey big pussy. They they relate that character to me. They relate Paulie Walnuts to Tony Sirico. It's like divided down the middle. Hey, I just saw Tony Soprano walking down the street. Yeah, but that's Jimmy Gandafini. Right. So he created these unknown actors to be in his show, and that's part of the success. And you still hear that every day of your life, wherever you go. Yeah, well, that's why I'm able to do an event for World Hunger. Uh, it all uh, went from that to this now. Yeah. And actually, to me, it's full circle because a lot of the musicians that I'm having – at the, the at the Hard Rock, the guys that played in my club. Who else is going to be there with you? Uh, all the Chapin family. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Steve and Tom and the kids, they're all going to be there. They're still doing John, the hunger stuff after. Yeah, John Wallace, yeah. Uh, how he feels, who used to play in my club. Yeah. Howie and John used to play in my club with a group called The Strangers after Harry died. Uh, also on the bill is uh, Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos. He's got a band. So I said, Michael, 10 o'clock, you're, you're on. Uh, my dear old friend Gary U.S. Bonds. Oh, cool. Um, Willie Nile, who I, I mean, I've been following Willie's career for years, and then I uh, reconnected with him through Stephen Van Zant. Also, uh, uh, James Taylor's sister Kate Taylor, and um, old friends of mine, Chris Brown from the show with, with his folk music, and this guy is called Killer Joe and the Killer Joe Band, who've been running around New York for quite a while. Plus, in between different MCs and they're all Sopranos or actors that somehow played in the Wise Guy movies. Mm -hmm. That's why we're calling it the Wise Guys. The Wise Guys. The Wise Guys. W-H-Y. Wise Guys rock the hard rock for world hunger. And a lot of you guys still hang out together, too. You, uh, I know you do different events together. Yeah, we just came back from uh, California. Uh, Tony Sirico brought us out there on a government-issued plane uh, to visit Wounded Warriors. Yeah, I've uh, no, you've been doing that for uh, quite a few years, too, yeah. uh, with yeah. veterans. Well, what happened with me... And uh, and I tell you the truth, Fez, is that I got in a little jam while uh -oh. I was up here, and I had to do some community service. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got in touch with the VA, and they took me in, and I stayed on as um, as a volunteer, and I got involved with them actively. And in fact, right here is a play that I have rehearsal for tonight. 
It's called Strange Snow. Mm -hmm. It's about Vietnam veterans. It's That's my next project. It's not an easy thing to walk into these hospitals because you see these these young guys and the fight that they're in. You, you can't even imagine it sometimes. There was this guy, Neil, that I met over the weekend who has, um, what do you call prosthetic legs? Yeah. He climbed Mount Kilimanjaro last month. It's amazing. You know, he told us, he was on stage, how he was driving in a, uh, in a tank and and his legs just, boom, he lost them, everything. And um, he was at Walter Reed and went to rehab, and the guy just climbed Kilimanjaro. So, I mean, come on. If he, if I, if he could do that, I could walk up my steps. The um, 60 Minutes just this week had a prosthetic arm where now they've got these guys that could pick up grapes and bring it up. It looks like the Star Wars yeah. Luke Skywalker arm. There's and, so many things you can do. Yeah. I said to Neil, Neil, how do you feel? Do you feel like you want to continue going? Do you ever think about the bad things? He says, man, when I was in the hospital and I had no legs and I, and I was, you know, but now I have a whole positive attitude towards life and uh, he's representing wounded warriors. Right. So, Yes, because of the technology today. They could do things they couldn't do years ago. So you're constantly busy. you got a play coming up. You're doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you'll do independent films. Uh, the, the thing that you did with John Hurd, uh, I think they released it last year, PJ. I love those kind of... Uh, first of all, I'm the biggest John Hurd fan in the world. Oh, yeah. I met uh, John on Awakenings. Oh, is that right? Yeah. When I, I was doing a little part. But John's a very, very good actor. He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. He's one of those guys that you're like... You could almost put him in a category by himself. Yeah. Who else is like John Hurd? Uh, I would really, if I had to think of um, anybody else, maybe. I'm not He's even like sure. He's like a Gregory Peck like, yeah, type it's, it's, You know, that's where you, you got to go back even further. Yeah. yeah. Further than the Gary guys. Gary Cooper. Yeah. Where it's almost like we're not looking for that kind of actor as much, but every role he gets... He just nails it. Yeah, he nails it. Yeah. And he I was think, on The Sopranos. Yeah, he did The Sopranos a He did a great a job bit. in The Sopranos. He played the bad cop. Um, any, is there any hopes to get back to TV for you? Is there any desire there? or you know? Well, for me or yeah. for Sopranos? Just for you yourself. No, I, I just, uh, I'm producing now, and mm. I just uh, shot a pilot in Little Italy uh, last week, and we got about three more days left. It's called Holy Meatballs, and I'm in search for the perfect meatball. It's very funny. Mm -hmm. uh, I had Pat Cooper and Judy Gold with me. And uh, my friend Chacha, who also was doing something, I got he told me to plug it. We're doing something at his place at Coney Island for MDA on October 11th, MDA Day, October 11th with Chacha, who used to be my co-host here in the Wise Guy Show. I I um I I look forward to doing films. I'm flying out to Vegas on Monday to do an independent in Vegas, a thing called um, Red Herring or something. <laughs> I'm playing a wise guy. Uh, but uh, my my passion right now is my theater company. Yeah. Uh, and I have Stevie's wife involved, Maureen Van Zandt, and I have a lot of soprano actors involved. And my passion is my theater company because uh, uh, just like Jimmy, I went to see Jimmy twice already in Gods of Carnage. Uh, that keeps us alive. Right. You know? And a lot of people who saw us on television could come and see us right. and meet us after the show. We shake hands and stuff. And Danny Aiello told me one thing. Uh, always give the fans what they want because they pay your bills. Sure. You know, so that's what it's at. And I don't think a lot of people are used to, they think of live theater as musicals. No. But no, when no. you're really in a small theater yeah. and it's a drama, 
it's a totally different experience in movies, totally different experience than anything you've ever had before. Especially, uh, you know, if you don't know the storyline. Like, the yeah. first time I saw Gods of Carnage, I had no idea it was a comedy. I, you know, very similar to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And to watch Jimmy play that role, you know, it's so against um, what he did on The Sopranos. We put a play up, my company uh, put a play up uh, called Lampos Reunion, which was all about what if Frank Sinatra ever went back to Hoboken. And this was done in 1976 here in New York. And we revived it. And we were sold out three weeks in advance. And we had a great uh, cast, uh, Frank Pellegrino, who owns Rayos, and Danny Aiello's kid, Ricky. And we had a great cast. And people, when they left the place, said, oh, I didn't know. That was supposed to be about Sinatra. I didn't know what that was about, and we kept their interest. Hour and a half, boom! You know, nobody's going to get up and walk out. They, and that's what theater is. Yeah. You know, to just lock you in, and then for when you walk out, to have something to talk about. And... Well, you know, I, I I've seen like a Mammoth plays or a Sam Shepard play where it almost feels like sometimes it could spill out into the audience. You're like. These guys are so intense. Yeah. We're in this small room. You don't get that feeling in a in a movie theater watching television. No, no. Well, you're physically involved. But sometimes people make mistakes, and it's great to watch <laughs> how you got to pick up when you're making a mistake. Um, uh, I'll tell you a story. Uh, my friend Bobby Fernaro, who was in my last play, Lampos Reunion, he had a great monologue to do. And um, all of a sudden, we're, you know, the play's over. Mm-hmm. And we're walking off, and I, I kind of realized that we skipped this monologue, but Bobby knew it. Right. So all of a sudden he turned to the audience and he says, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and he got his as monologue off. As if it was off. part as the, if it was And part everybody of was it. clapping and everything. And Bobby says, I had to get the monologue out. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, it's great to see you. You're still doing stuff with the the rock and roll stuff as well, too. Uh, you're booking this show. Uh, what what was that? What was that connection for you? Well, that's from my club days, because mm-hmm. I was uh, I, I had a rock and roll club with mm-hmm. bands. So to put this stuff together again is a piece of cake. You and, know, the uh, hardest thing was to get to, is to get the, the guys on the time slot. Who's going to go on first? Who's going on second? You know, who's going to close? Are people still have like ego about that after all this time. Well, who could close over Gary U.S. Ponce? There's a story between. Um, uh, Jerry uh, Vale and uh-huh. Pat Cooper, that they never talked to each other uh, from the 70s. They were both in Vegas it's because it said Jerry Vale with Pat Cooper, and they had a big fight about it. Who could close after Gary responds? Well, here's the problem. My Most of the people that go out now are guys our age. Mm-hmm. And if you go over to the Hard Rock 6, 7 o'clock at night, you're not going to be sticking around 11, 12 o'clock at night. So I, what I had to do is uh-huh. figure out when should I put Gary on. So I'm putting Gary on 9 o'clock. Now, after Gary goes off, then I'm putting Michael on and then Willie Nile because Willie plays usually like to an 11 o'clock audience down, down at the Bowery. So I'm hoping that his audience comes we'll in come later. Then, you know. Yeah. So Gary's going on at 9 o'clock, everybody. So you gotta get, you got to keep thinking of all this stuff as you're putting together a show. Yeah, right, right. And uh, then you got to get your blessings from Ron Delsner, too. Oh, well, is that right? Well, you know, he thinks I'm out to chase him away and take over his business. It's only one show, Ron. It's one show and one show only. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for stopping by, man. I, really, I know this was a great interview. I, yeah. I thought I was going to come on, and uh, and Fez, I love what you were talking about over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, he's a his, quiet guy. Yeah, well, he's got the Hitler mustache. He gets Why are you so quiet? He gets nervous when new people come into you the do? room. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah? Until I get to know you. Yeah. I. You know, when I had my show, I had a guy like that. He never said a word. But he got his paychecks. Yeah. Who cared? Well, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. He gets the same amount of money. That you get. Now, yeah, what I'd like to do is do a thing where we get paid by the phrase. Just one by, phrase. Yeah, or, yeah. Or by the word. That's yeah. right. That's right. Now, every once in a while, he'll throw in a really funny line, and then after that, I watch him sit back. Like, ah, life is good. I did it. So then, did you, like, uh, think about that Hitler mustache, like, growing up, or is that, like, fake for Halloween? Uh, it's not, oh, no, I don't want to have it for Halloween. No, what happened was I lost a bet. And? And now I have a Hitler mustache. Uh, so you had a longer mustache than that? Yeah. Well, I had the full beard, Vinny. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you had to and shave it the... off, and now you got the Hitler mustache. And this is all that's left. Look at you. You're warming up. Don't you feel comfortable with Did you go see that movie with Brad Pitt yet? Oh, yeah, I saw that a couple of times. Yeah, I bet I bet sitting in the audience, people were looking at you. Yeah, the guy with the Hitler mustache in that movie, he didn't turn out so well. <laughs> well don't ruin it for me. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you smoke cigars up yeah, here? Yeah, sure. We smoke. You guys can't, can't smoke cigars in yours? We No, no oh, well, I'm yeah. not over here anymore. Um, Sirius tells us, go ahead and smoke cigars the whole time you're in here. That's yeah. beautiful. That's you know good. why we came from the XM side? Yeah, well, you got a different. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. Anytime. Anytime and you ever have anything to I really loved the way you interviewed me today. You did oh. your homework. God bless oh, you. Why, why wouldn't I pay attention? Th th that's great. You're coming in here. That's great. Thanks, Fez. No problem. Thanks, Ron. Vinny Pastore, he's going to be hosting the World Hunger Years Wise Guys Rock the Hard Rock for the 2009 Hungerthon. That's happening Thursday, October 22nd at the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square. You can go to Ticketmaster.com slash Hungerthon for tickets to that wow. event. And That's Johnny, Johnny Hard Rock's going to take care of you down there. Johnny is in charge of everything. Good people. Oh, yeah, Good best. People. He's the best. Okay. All right, my friend. All right. I'll talk to you I'll soon. I'll see you again. Thank you. Light that cigar. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. It's the Ron and Fez Show on XM202. Sirius 197. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I mean, I'm just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Truer words. Run and Fetish show. I had to talk uh, Fezzy down because of the uncomfortability within that story. You try not to be noticed in life. And then Vinny leaves you a signed picture of himself. I guess that was nice of him. And on asks for a signed picture. You're, not, you're really uncomfortable with strangers now? When yeah. people come in? Yeah, I am. And there are certain people that don't want to just let you sit. Like, it was making him nervous that you weren't talking. Yeah. Like, you didn't like him. Like, you were fucking staring at him like it was going to be trouble. And he would just throw out a fez in yeah. the middle of a story and out then, of nowhere. Then, he, then one time he just pointed at you to me like, what the fuck is with him? <laughs> like, fez was my retarded sister. I might have to take you out of the room. I might have to just take you out of the room. I don't know where to put you. It's like a little league coach where you don't want to, you don't know where the fuck is. Sometimes you're like, you know what, maybe I'll move him to third base. 
No, it doesn't. You know, like I can't have them both in right field. Yeah, I can't. I got to have some outfielders. I'll move them over to third base, and maybe the fucking, uh, maybe the shortstop can cover for them. But here's what I learned coaching little league: wherever you try to put that kid, uh-huh. the ball will find him. <laughs> and you put him there, not even to protect the team, but to protect him and his little. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not. I don't want this kid to fucking feel bad again. And because he's feeling bad today, I think you're feeling bad because of the problem you have with, with the bosses. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it started uh, feeling bad from the beginning, just from yesterday's conversations. Do you ever think of with the entire uncomfortability that your life goes through, I might have to kill myself? No, I don't think that. Because I think that, and I'm a million times happier than you. <laughs> and I still think maybe I'll just kill myself. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand people who don't have suicide thoughts. I mean, I think about it. Thank like, you. Like anyone else, but I... Oh, what do you ne- think about? Never a serious thing of it. How often do you think? Um, By the way, I, I, last night, I'm like, I said to my chick, it's like 8.30 or something. I go, I'm going to check on Fez. She's like, why? I go, you had a bad day today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure he's okay. She goes like this. Don't remind him of his day. If he, I go, I just—it's a feeling I have. Third ring, he answers the phone. He's fucking crying. He's crying because of what the bosses did to him yesterday. Eight thirty at night. I will tell you this: we get off the show. What time here? Three. Three. What time is the exact time we're off? Two fifty-five. Two fifty-five. By two fifty-eight, I forgot I was even on the show. Every fucking day, it's just gone to me. Eight thirty at night. He's like this. Hello? And I'm like, I know it. I fucking knew you, you felt bad. And then you gave me one of those, I can never do anything. Oh, speeches. yeah. I was, yeah, because I went into the pits last I know. night. I had a feeling that you would, because I talked to you around, you know, 4.30 or whatever. Right. Yeah. You were upset. But I don't know if I've ever been upset by something other than like a death four hours after it happened. What do you do? You just keep sitting and thinking about the same thing? Yeah, and I try not to think about it, but it just it gets on a loop in my crazy head. I want you to take this to your house with you. Uh, Ron and Fez, thanks. Vinny Pest story. It's now, a good, good picture of him. When he was leaving, I was like, all right, thanks, Vinny. He's like this. Wait, I want to sign a picture for you guys. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's odd. Because we didn't ask for one. No. Could I get anything signed? You can put next to the Oprah crack- Cracker. The Oprah Cracker can be viewed right now on 202 Friends Twitter. Dave, are you the kind of person you hang on to no, no. a defeat? Hey, what's the point? I, I've, I've had so many fuck-ups in my life, and there's going to be millions more. I'd be upset every day. See, I think that's one good thing, and you, you never did this when you were younger, Fez. Had the baseball in your background. Where errors yeah. and strikeouts are part of the game, uh-huh. and you can't hold on to them. You can't play baseball if you think about errors and strikeouts. Or yeah. Getting out is you get out seven out of ten times if Fuck, you're good. Just, and a lot of times, how many times you hit a line drive? <laughs> it should be a fucking double, <laughs> but it just happened to go right at somebody. Right. But you hit a fucking frozen rope right at some fucking asshole who throws his glove up. Yeah, You, you can't hold on to it. That's and then other life. times, you just fucking, you know, there's a fucking ground ball. You could make a million times in a row, and for some reason, you fucking kick it. What are you going to do? You piss for a second, and you move on. 
Yeah, I say I can't distract myself enough. I agree that you say can't. I'll now believe you. Because I think it's won't, but you don't have the same abilities that me and Dave have, with somehow have better abilities than you. I think when it comes to that, that sort of thing, of blowing something off, and, and you know, and just, I mean, I could say I could care less, you know, but it's like I don't convince myself. You want people, you want everyone you meet to love you? Yeah, I think so. I like to be liked. And yet, you are in a lot more fights than I am. I'm constantly, yeah. Now, I'm probably uh, a more sarcastic person than you. Not that much more, because you kind of are sarcastic. But I don't, you know, I realize not everybody's going to like me. You want every single person to like you. And then when they say even anything, you're so pissed. Oh, yeah. Then it just goes totally personal. We should make up a list of the people you hate. I bet it's a long fucking list, like a Santa Claus list. <laughs> the naughty list. And here's the thing about v Vinny. I don't know why he wouldn't leave you alone. I saw the pain in your face. Right. I saw you painfully wanting to be left alone. <laughs> and I felt for you. Well, maybe, you know. He's and then I felt it was such a distraction, too. To what? Uh, I was distracting him. Yeah, you were distracting him. I mean, more by than... By not talking. By more than if I, you know, had started flapping my arms and doing chicken noises. I was just as distracting to him. I doubt that. <laughs> I think if you were doing chicken noises and flapping your arms, he wouldn't even be able to focus. Who could focus with the chicken noise? Uh, Pat from Minaki said, uh, basically on his Twitter, that you today slapped me down because he wanted to make it a Ron Bennington's Cupcake contest but you think spam is better i've never known pat to um, badmouth anybody but he and fez are in a little battle right now yeah i was surprised by his competitiveness he's very nervous that an amateur eater mm. is going to show up thursday night at the live gig and out eat him you know what i'm ready to go this far i'm ready to put my money big money mm -hmm. i'll put down two thousand dollars wow on Pat from Minaki. Oh. I think he's going to destroy Fez. Wow. Sounds to me uh, like he's trying to get out of the spam. You in on this? You want to take me on? Make a little two Gs for yourself? I'll tell you right now, I'll gut you while you're eating. If I even <laughs> see you take a single bite ahead, I'll slice you and everything will fall out. And I'll yell foul. He never ate that spam. <laughs> I can prove it. you got to digest. Can you seriously... Out eat him? Yeah, I think I can. Can you eat him out? Uh, yeah, I can do that too. No. I can eat him anyway. You can eat his ass. He's Ugh. gonna feel like his ass got eaten. Is that bad or good? It's bad for him. See, in the hetero world, that would be good, but I guess in the other world, it's bad. Mike said, if anybody is uh, going from Chicago to New York, he'll send as many runny bees as we want. That's why you're always fucking nice, Mike Kaka. You're the anti-fez. Who's biggest on your list of people you don't get along right with right now? Vinny Pastore? I think he's <laughs> gone to the tops. It's going to be great, Ron. Despite the signed photo. You know, it's like we have one thing. They said, don't bring this up. 
I'm going, I don't care. Sure, I won't bring it up. And then he kind of brings it up. (laughs) (laughs) They always want to talk about it. Yeah, I know. They just don't want you to bring it up. I know. You can never be in control. So now you're like, what, are we bringing it up? (laughs) Well, I said I I could bring it up, but you can't bring it up. Even the ShamWow guy had something he didn't want to bring up. (laughs) You're the fucking ShamWow guy. No one cares about your personal fucking life, ShamWow. I did. He fucked me. Uh, I think if we don't hear from Frenchie by the end of the show, we're going to move on. God bless her. I love her. But it doesn't seem like she can put together a Pal Talk team. All the other teams are set up now. Clock is ticking, too. You know, you got to get that And that, that was the going. first one we heard back from. Who, Frenchie? Yeah. yeah but We're yeah. going to turn it old school. Yeah, but let's. It's just as fine if she does it. It's it's just as good. That's why I call her Ann Margaret on any given Sunday. She's just sitting there with a dog. All right. She's you know not, what? Not knowing what the fuck's going on. Well, why don't you bring up Ann Margaret Bye Bye Birdie, who was <laughs> fucking lovely. And that's the She's way I hot. think of her. Don't ever think I didn't think that. Ann Margaret and carnal knowledge? Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? I think a woman uh, could look like that. Fucking amazing, wasn't she? <laughs> that's one of the sexiest, like... Um, visions of a woman on celluloid, in my opinion. And Margaret and Carnal Knowledge is ridiculous. And then the other person called her fat in that fucking movie. Who, Nicholson? No, the chick. Oh, um, Kenneth Bergen? Yeah, Kenneth Bergen said, if you want to go with that fat pig fuck or whatever. Him. Fuck her, and Murphy Brown sucked. All right, now you've taken it, you've taken it too far. She, she did. She called Ann and Margaret I, fat? You said you saw curves. the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I did see the movie. Uh, but she had an acting job, and it wasn't like she was trying to do it. Carnal Knowledge might be a perfect little movie. Now, it's not going to normally show up as a perfect little movie because it's Uh not feel-good. But for what they set out to do, it's tough to beat that. I think everyone has their own arc in Carnal Knowledge, and their arcs, and this is key, come to a satisfying end. If every character has an arc, and that arc comes to an end... And you're completely satisfied? To me, that's a perfect movie. Fez, give me a perfect movie. Now, and now by the way, we're not going to godfather this. We're not right. going to Chinatown. And since it can, we get that. But let's. Uh, a lot of times, a perfect smaller movie, it's not even trying to be that. It's just a great small movie. Perfect movie, Groundhog's Day. You can't beat it. You get the comedy, you get the romance, you even get a darkness. You get the darkness uh, of the of character. You know, in the original screenplay, they said he was there for 10,000 years. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And they had some kind of a shitty thing of showing how he ended up there, that, you know, there was some spell cast upon him. Oh, And they get away with all that. Matter Smart. of fact, even in the beginning, you were supposed to come up and he was there for a long time. So here's an interesting thing. For a perfect small movie, sometimes it's what gets cut out that makes it better. I'll give you a movie. You're going to be surprised by this. But for me, Almost Famous is perfect, just the way it is. Now, when you get the extras, I don't like them. I don't know why it's because I didn't see them in the first place. I don't want the fucking extras. I want it exactly the way I had it before. It felt perfect. The extras don't advance the film and also make it a two-hour, 45-minute movie rather than a, like, 210, which it was. 
I think uh, Rushmore is a perfect film. Everyone hmm. goes, undergoes, that kid undergoes an arc, the teacher, and of course Bill Murray does as well. Mm. And it's just fucking perfect. Uh, Arch needs to uh, set something out here today. Arch, what do you got for us, pal? I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that today is the 10th anniversary of the starting of Whackbag. Happy your... birthday, Whackbag. Uh, on the Twitter account, let's get a, a close-up picture of Dave's whack bag tattoo with a, just put happy anniversary above that. Happy very anniversary whack bag. Very yeah. appropriate. And your uh, line of the day, sir, which is the only reason I even have a computer, as uh, just about to hit 8,000. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, uh, I know Ron Fez.net tried this for a little while, and I guess it fell apart. And even there's Ronnie B quotes out there on Twitter. And I'm really touched by that. But whack bag line of the day. It's going on for so long. So much love. Thank you so much, Arch. And a happy anniversary to everybody over there. Cool and the gang. See ya. Congratulations. Cool and the gang. <laughs> cool and the gang. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, uh, Jim. Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Perfect movie, Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. You know what? I haven't even seen that in many years. Uh, always loved that film, though. Dave. Fantastic. That is a perfect movie. Great resolution. The kid is unbelievable, and so is the uh, the old lady. Oh, Ruth Gordon. Ruth Gordon's the best. Yeah. Uh, and, and a great soundtrack, which doesn't doesn't hurt a perfect well, film. It was no every Hal Ashby movie. Every Hal Ashby movie has the best soundtracks. Yeah, Hal Ashby was absolutely phenomenal during his short uh, career there in the seventies. But you know, there's one of those soundtracks that doesn't happen too much. Just one artist on the entire soundtrack. I love that. Cat Stevens just fucking played his heart out with that shit. Listen to what fucking. Um, how uh, the, how Ashby did in a short time. Let's start here. Seventy one. Let's go. Harold and Maude. Great. Last detail. Maybe a perfect movie. Shampoo. Awesome. Bound for Glory. Coming home. I love. And then being there. Unfucking believable. That's a hell of a run. That would be anybody's great. If someone said, "Here's my favorite movies of all time," <laughs> because those movies are far enough away from each other. Coming Home is uh, is actually maybe my favorite Vietnam movie. Maybe after Apocalypse Now. But Coming Home, I, I love. I think it's Better totally, than Platoon? I like it better than Platoon. I, I think it's really underrated. And you want to talk about a soundtrack, they had Strawberry Fields and Stone songs before the Beatles and Stones started charging people out the ass. Uh, I want to get back to this perfect movie, but uh, Fred from Brooklyn has a problem. I want to deal with it. Uh, hey, Fred, how you doing, buddy? Please, it's not from Brooklyn anymore. I, I'm like Dirk Diggler from um, from Boogie Nights. It's just Fred Brooklyn. Fred uh, Brooklyn. From, yes, Fred Brooklyn. From uh, rhymes with cum, so I want nothing to do with it. All right, Fred Brooklyn's on the phone. How are you, Thank Fred? you. Thank yeah. you. Um, a, a bunch of people in the room here with me, um, we can't get in touch with Frenchie. Yeah. Um, Millie Hatchett's trying to get in touch with her. Mooch is trying to get in touch with her. We're trying to get this team together over here and get something going. But uh, we feel like uh, if we're going to be part of the Power Talk team, we, we need to know. We need to organize. We, we need to get this thing going. It looks like Power Talk is the only one that can't pull this off. Mm -hmm. I might have to remove Power Talk and, no! go, and go with St. Pete Times. 
I just no, see if I can't we get, get we five writers and columnists <laughs> from the St. Petersburg Times. That would be a tough team. Yeah, they will be. Yeah. Millie has Gary Shelton leading them up. In. She wants to get sure. kissed by Richard Dawson, whoever that might be. I don't even know what that means. All right, Fred Brooklyn. Uh, we'll look into it. I don't know what's going on with Frenchie, though. If you need a team captain, I, I, I'm being drafted here on Pal Talk, but I'll drop everything and I'll get a team together. All right. Uh, talk to you later. No, I think if we don't have Frenchie, we're just um, really going to uh, drop Pal Talk altogether. Oh, no. Maybe so what about Twitter? Uh, well, Twitter is going to be up to. There is a Twitter. Uh, yeah, there's a Twitter team, and that's just John. Just John's oh. going to be captaining that. Taking oh. the reins today, just announced. All right, Fred Brooklyn. All right, uh, thank you. If we drop Pal Talk, uh, Dave, who would you like to see take over? Okay, if there's a team, you're talking about a team? Yeah. How about a um, People Fez Hates team? All of the sworn enemies of Fez, all of the rivals. No, you know what? This has got to be Fez's night. I mean, I like you know doing mean stuff to Fez, but not on his night. If he beats you, uh, and he turns around and beats Pat from Monarchy. Which he could, very yeah. well in both. And he thrills a room and wins back to serious uh, suits. Yes, we got to keep him. we got to keep that being his night. Fez, how about a, a, I'm not in a gauntlet that night. It starts by uh, being a giant Hitler baby out on Broadway, making my way to the gig. We're going to have plenty of time to plug. I don't have much time left in this show, and I'm proud of this perfect movie. Um, Eric. What do you got? Oh, so hold on. Yo, guys, I think Dave's are confused, and I got a follow-up. Riley, Fezzi, and Dave, if you guys had to put yourself as one of the characters in Dave's and Confused in high school, who would you guys be? Who would well, you want to relate to? I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been going to fucking school in Texas. <laughs> so fuck those shit-eaters. And the first fucking um, guy who ever hit me on the ass with a board would have got fucking kneecapped. <laughs> I couldn't drop that. That's the only thing about that film I hate. Other than that, it very much, like Almost Famous, has a better 70s feel. Um, and the fucking, when the keg party's over and you hear Tuesday's Gone playing, yeah. perfect. Perfect. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. I mean, it's a kind of, you know, a 70s American graffiti. Let's give George Lucas a little credit. There. We always will for that. It's, you know. Any of those fucking kind of uh, films, uh, Lucas has got to be uh, remembered. Because American Graffiti was a perfect film. I think American Graffiti is much more of a perfect movie than even Dazed is. And I'll tell you what. I'll pick American Graffiti over all his fucking films. If you could only keep one and you had to burn the other, I'd burn all those fucking Star Treks. And Indiana Joneses. Well, I mean... Burn them. Empire Strikes Back is a perfect movie. It can't be. It's in the middle. You can't exist without the other two movies. I that goes against your resolution rule. I would yeah, have needed, it does. I know, it goes because... against it. You're right, Fez. You're up one nothing. <laughs> Thank you. If the other two movies didn't exist, I would have thought that's still an incredibly cool ending. Let me ask you this. Perfect movie. And I'm not going to go way back on everybody. Okay. All right? I'm not going to fucking start pulling a gentleman Jim Corbett. But in like the last 25 years, Bullum, uh, Durham Bulls, perfect fucking movie. The Bull Durham movie. The Bull Durham is great. Has got everything that you fucking need in it. That's a perfect movie. For sure. For sure.
Great, great uh, hysterical performance, too, by Tim Robbins. I thought, if you're going to do The Bull, too, Raging Bull is a perfect movie. Forget about it. Well, you see, but that's everyone knows. That's known, okay. That's already known. That's going to make the top ten of anybody's list. Okay. And, uh, Fez, the movie that you picked out. Groundhog's Day. Makes the top one of Fez's list. Whenever we're talking (laughs) about movies, we get What About Bob or Groundhog's Day (laughs) from him. And then, like Vincent Pastore said, he sits back. <laughs> what about Let it Ride? Perfect this is movie. This the thing that gets in my head and I can't get rid of it. Mm. When Vincent Pastore goes, he gets paid the same as you. That bugs me a little bit now. <laughs> Let it Ride? I can't get over this thing. That okay. <laughs> it's a horse racing me. movie. Could be perfect. Uh, Mike, you're on running Fez. Hey, guys. Um, perfect movie for me. Definitely uh, The Apartment, Jack Lemmon, gorgeous. Uh, We're not even going to include the Billy Wilders because he's too fucking perfect. He's known for being perfect. So, yes, that goes without saying. I hope everything's okay with Frenchie. You know what? Maybe it was too much pressure to be in charge of a team. Yeah, I mean, or maybe it's her daughter who's running the team now and wants to bang uh, Willie, steaming Willie Beeman. Can I just bring up one extra thing? Yeah. Stop it with that imperfect movie. You keep flying. JD, what do you got? Uh, how about High Fidelity for perfect movie? I really like the. It's one of the, my only problem is I like the book better. It's one of the problems of reading books. A lot of the same people were involved in the creation of these two movies. I actually like Gross Point Blank better. I think that's more of a perfect movie. Even though it's silly, I think it's a perfect movie because it, it has the right kind of vibe. If you told me High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank were on two different channels, I'm picking High Fidelity. I would. Gross Point Blank, fine to watch once. It's a good movie. I'm going to give it a see it if we were on that fucking show. But I don't rewatch that fucking film. You should. I Alan get... Arkin's unbelievably hysterical. It's great. John Cusack gets one of his, his better roles. Ask him which he's more proud of. I'd be curious to know. <laughs> I'd be fucking curious to know. I really would be. Uh, John, the mash here my face. Hello, boys. Uh, classic coming-of-age movie in the 70s, Breaking Away. I won an Oscar. We're trying to do, like, small movies that haven't gotten a lot of fucking heat. Yeah. Like, of course, uh, any Bill Murray movie. <laughs> Uh, Patty in Jersey, you're on my face. Once, twice, Patty, anymore? Uh, Matt, Matt, you're on my face. Uh, hey, yeah, perfect movie is Coming to America. Stop it. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Lynn, you're on my face. Hey, boys, how are you? What can we do? Uh, train spotting. That's my perfect movie. I'll tell you what, it's definitely the best dope-sick movie you'll ever fucking see. If you want to know what it's like to fucking get rid of heroin, try watching that fucking movie and not throwing up. It's the best fall in a toilet scene. I'll tell you something controversial. I always thought that movie gets slow the last 20 to 30 minutes. As soon as Tommy starts getting too much AIDS-y and stuff, it it lasts. I haven't haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm telling you... The fucking dope kicking scenes are so dead on. That's fucking great for an hour and a half, and then I think it it, it, it runs. Actually, Danny Boyle's uh, film before that, Shallow Grave, I, I believe is a perfect movie. And in Jersey, you're on my face. 
What's going on, guys? I totally agree with Almost Famous, uh, but Stand By Me, perfectly. Stand By Me is such a fucking adorable little movie. And it is... Here's what kind of might make it perfect. No one else ever seems to ring through what it's like to be 10 years old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, normally, when you watch these movies, the kids are too witty or they're interested in sex or... This is just about those four fucking guys. And, of course, they did a great job of showing the pure terror of teenagers. That they had to... When you were a little kid, you're living behind enemy lines all the time. It's the most frightening thing in the world to see him come around the corner. Thanks for backing me, Fez. Give me a pound. I need you there on the standby, mate. Dave, pound. Really? Listen to this song. Now, uh, one of my problems I have that they named it after a song. I hate that. You stand by me, but why name it that? Bugs me. Only thing. And when he does the piece at the end, and you find out who got killed, and Richard Dreyfus is there already with his own kids, about the age. Dave, his heart is broke. Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss is... Two reasons his heart is broke. Why? Number one, because his childhood friend is dead. And two, because he didn't keep up with him. Mm -hmm. That he felt like he somehow betrayed, even though he didn't. That's what it feels like as you move on in life. Childhood friend died outside the Viper room, I guess. You know what? That's Now you're fucking mixing up real life with fantasy. What are you reading, please? It's the 250th anniversary of Guinness Beer, and it's all going on through September. It is 250 years since Sir Arthur Guinness opened up the brewery at St. James Gate, and now we all get to enjoy Guinness Beer. And in September, you get a 250th anniversary Guinness Stout. That's a special anniversary stout, limited time only, through September as the Sir Arthur Guinness celebration goes on. We'll be, of course, having our party this Thursday. And if you want to find a party in your area, go to Guinness.com, and uh, you can find out exactly where the Guinness parties are going on in your neighborhood. Plus, with the special edition, make sure you get in on that before September is up. Go to your local bar, go to your store, ask for the 250th anniversary stout from Guinness, and make sure you enjoy that. It's all through September, the 250th anniversary of Guinness Beer. Vito in West Palm. Hey, what's up? How about a Paul Newman movie that didn't get enough credit? Uh, Nobody's Fool. See the cast on that movie? It was a great little film. I love that movie. Bruce Willis, too, great in that. The scene that kills you, though, when old man Paul Newman can't even walk into that old house of his because mm. he got beat up there 60 years before. Still had fear in his face. And little kid fear. Paul Newman was phenomenal. And yes, you're right. One of my favorite fucking Bruce Willis roles. Really good. He was terrific in that. But, but Paul Newman made, had a tendency to make perfect movies. One after another. Road to Perdition. If you're going to do an old Newman. No. I don't even. I, I'd fucking picked this film over Road. Really? I, yeah. Way over. Uh, Road to Perdition to me was... Old school gangster stuff brought back very, very dull for me. 
But so many poems. First of all, Cool Hand Luke, I'll put it against any fucking movie anybody's got. I might even pick that over The Godfather if we were sitting down to watch movies. Wow. Still working at Cool Hand, and he got nothing. Well, that's it. We'll be back here tomorrow in a much better mood. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Donk. <laughs>